Eric Estep here. One of my favorite parts of being a NASCAR fan is collecting diecasts. It's how I got my start on YouTube, actually. To me, a room is not complete until it features shelves of NASCAR diecast cars. It's as good a time as ever to continue your collection or begin an all-new one by pre-ordering your favorite driver's 2022 next-gen diecast at LionelRacing.com or at any authorized Lionel retailer. Lionel is the official diecast of NASCAR, and don't miss Lionel Racing's NASCAR Authentics diecasts at a Walmart or Target near you. Not only is Lionel the official diecast of NASCAR, but they're also official supporters of the Out of the Groove Podcast Network. So what are you waiting for? Head to LionelRacing.com to order your favorite driver's 2022 diecast. going on everybody uh we're back for another episode of the nascar weekly podcast nothing happened this past week it'll be a very short show we'll just you know probably just ramble on for 10 minutes and leave no all kidding aside talladega was this week it was the biggest wild card of the year because it really wasn't a wild card weekend for cup um but we got a ton to talk about with that we got stuff to talk about that the driver said in the garage uh eric was in the garage with that so you'll you'll 
bring us up to speed on that a little later in the show. Uh, Kevin Harvick's massive penalty and uh, all the fun conspiracy theories that come along with it. AJ Allmendinger and the colleague news. Oh, and yeah, we also have the Roval coming up this week. So, uh, guys, let's just roll right into it. Talladega was this week. We, you know, three of us were there. It was a fun, fun weekend. Um, if you can't tell, I don't know if you can tell in the stream, but I got red. Um, <laughs> red. <laughs> I got real red. Uh, but Eric, you were in the the garage for more of the weekend than we were. So, kind of, let's start off with you and kind of get us up to speed with uh, what you saw from your perspective of the race this past weekend. What stood out to me the most was Ross Chastain's comments immediately after the race, how he was holding his breath, how his stomach hurt, especially those final few laps, because he was expecting a big crash that never came. I think that was the story of the cup race, uh, competitive racing two wide, the occasional three wide throughout, but only one really notable crash that did damage a handful of cars, took one or two out of the race, but it was pretty early on and kind of started mid pack Stenhouse and Harrison Burton. I think only one or two playoff guys even got any sort of damage in that crash. So it wasn't a major storyline. There was Corey LaJoy's blown tire that looked like it stung a little bit, but really it was a straightforward super speedway race where from my vantage point, at the end of stages and at the end of the race, it was the best super speedway drivers up front. It was Denny Hamlin, Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney, Michael McDowell, you know, Daytona 500, but Eric Jones at the end, once again, Ross Chastain, who won at Talladega earlier this spring. Those were the five or six drivers that routinely found the front. I mean, what uh, I think you might get it out of order. I think Elliott won stage one, Blaney won stage two, maybe reverse mm -hmm. that. And then it was the two of them side by side across the line at the end of stage three. So uh, the best drivers ran up front and I don't know, there wasn't a huge crash. I, I, I think you mentioned it, Jared is a straightforward race. I, I think NASCAR needed a, a race to be a little more straightforward after the two or three straight weeks of just sloppiness that we've seen. So I had a good time. Thought it was a good race. So Danny, what do you think of it? You got to see from like the, the, all around view that all of us couldn't see on the broadcast. Like how did it look from home uh, seeing basically these guys go damn near flag to flag without an incident? Um, After the last few weeks, it was just honestly relieving just to see a time race because how Bristol and Texas were, even though, yeah, you're going to Talladega and after, you know, Alex Bowman having to sit out with a concussion, you're like relieved and nothing really big ha did happen because no one wants to see something big happen after, you know, a driver is out like that, you know, with a concussion or anything. So definitely going into this past weekend, safety was on a lot of people's minds and uh, kind of glad we come out for the most part, uh, not with the truck series race. We'll talk about that later. For the most part, no big major incidents uh, this weekend. That's, that's a plus for NASCAR. They, they kind of needed this, especially, since they had Good Morning America talking about all their things they wanted to talk about <laughs> with next-gen safety, uh, bring, bringing up trucks and an Xfinity driver who's never been in a cup car, but that that that's another thing. But uh, So, Darian, Darian, before we get to that, because I know you have plenty to think about that one, Chase Elliott scores his fifth one of the year. I will I, – chat, I will admit I reverse jinxed him. I said he'd suck this week, and he didn't. Um, but – Looking at, at Chase Elliott getting that fifth win, adding more playoff points to the already ton that he has compared to the rest of the playoff field, uh, do you think at this point with him not having nothing to lose at the Roval and then going into the round of eight with this big buffer, do you think this is, for a lot of the field, their last shot at Elliott not making it to the final four against him? 
Yeah, I mean, it was, man. I feel like, I mean, it's not guaranteed, but I feel like once the round of eight begins, he's already going to have that big points cushion. So he would just need to royally screw up uh, to miss the championship for this year. But I just find it funny because, like, a lot of the Elliott fans were panicking in the first and during the first round when they weren't qualifying as well, yada, 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 and stuff. I feel like, look, I was like, look, they're just saving their best for when it counts the most. And now we're starting to see it. And I just find it funny, too, out of all the uh, playoff races so far, Talladega is the most tamed out of all of them, too. Just think about that, too. And we actually got spectacular super speedway racing that, you know, basically wasn't a shit show. It wasn't a wreck fest. None of that. Um, we had well over 30 cars finish the race, too. That's refreshing to see. And to see it in person was awesome, too. I don't know how it looked on TV for some of y'all. I'm, I know some of you guys were complaining about, oh, well, you know, the big one and, like, you know, these big wrecks, they add to, you know, the excitement level and stuff. I'm like, well, I mean, I get that argument. But, like, at the end of the day, are we here to watch cars race? Or, or, or excuse me, are we here to watch stock cars race or, or wreck here? You know, so... That was a quintessential early 2000s one where like um, where basically the drivers don't make a ton of erratic moves and they really took care of one another, too. And it's really good to see because they were talking about the safety concerns with this next gen. So it's good to see the drivers, you know, look out for one another for a change. You know, to sorry to quote uh, Jeff Gluck and Jordan Bianchi on their podcast this week, you don't need like. You don't need the big one. You need the, I think they use the word, the titillation of the big one, you know, the <laughs> possibility of it happening to keep you on the edge of your seat and interested. Sorry, er, I, er, it's er, fine. Er, Eric, let's just be honest. You were just waiting for an excuse to use that word, weren't you? Titillation. I think that's <laughs> how it's said. That's a great word. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's funny. A lot of, I think a lot of people forget the last two races that had zero caution flags um, pre-stage era were both Talladega races. Like people mm -hmm. forget that it was 2002, I believe. And then I believe it was, was it 1997 or eight? It was somewhere in the late nineties. I think Mark Martin ended up winning that. If, if I'm not wrong, I could be very wrong. Um, so it's like, it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility, but I think with how erratic modern day NASCAR can be at these tracks with how the drivers, a lot of times just throw caution to the wind and will make a five wide block, uh, I think that's the shock value of this. The fact that after we've seen, I would argue, really every super speedway race since about 2017 has seemed to ramp up the constant wreck fest. You know, obviously there's some that are here or there aren't like that. But for about the last five, six years, we've just had an expectation going then that we're going to wreck over half the cars at Daytona and Talladega and now Atlanta. Uh, so I think that's where the shocking part of it comes in. Uh, I'm I'm not upset about that whatsoever. I thought it was great. Uh, the only time I think we were actually close to having a big wreck is when Blaney threw that monster block on Brad Keselowski. Yeah. Mm. And I'll just say that a certain slap shoes was uh, very unhappy with Mr. Yeah, Blaney. I can't. We can't. We can't say what he said. But. <laughs> well, well, you can paraphrase it. He was going to harm him in Minecraft. He said. Yeah. <laughs> I think we taken any number of ways. With them. <laughs> oh, it was it was uh, it was glorious to see in in person. All I'll say is there were two birds in that moment, uh, mm. but there was only one big one. It was, I believe, like in the first twenty or so laps. Yeah, it was in the first it stage. It was before they reached lap thirty, and I was like, already. Oh, I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> Off to but, a great start. Yeah. Poor Harrison Burton was in it. I, you know, I won't linger too long on this, but it was like, I think I had said earlier. I'm like, yeah. Harrison Burton could be somebody who could win if he could just stay out of a wreck. 
Nope. That's that's too much to ask for. And yeah, and look, it's been mostly a tough season for him anyways, a tough rookie year. So hopefully he can uh, rebound next season. But yeah, no, on, on, on these, um, you know, these few chances he does have to win on these super speedways, it just seems like he just can't doesn't have any luck on them, man. And I, that wreck wasn't even his fault, right? I mean, didn't Stenhouse basically push into him or they they blocked bumpers or something like that? Or I think I mean, it was odd. Was. Yeah, like it didn't look like Stenhouse hit him super hard. Maybe a little but it was center, in a, it was in a Yeah, it was in a very awkward position, though. So, yeah. I mean, well, just, I remember Burton was pretty loose at Daytona at the beginning of the year. I remember when he spun and flipped, uh, flipped at mm-hmm. the end there. I don't remember, you know, so. He's been fast at the super speedways this year. Wood Brothers are always fast, but maybe loose is fast, maybe a little too sensitive out front. I'm not sure, but it definitely didn't look like an incident that should have caused a wreck, but it did. I mean, chalk it up to Stenhouse and Burton. I mean, maybe that's just the combination it requires. I don't know. But after that, it seemed to be what scared the drivers into racing pretty smart for most of the day. Um, But we go to the finish. We talked about it a little bit earlier. It was pretty much a three wide finish. Um, the 12 and the nine, obviously pulling away at the end there. Uh, but I, I would say like looking at the way that some of these guys ran during the race before that, uh, there were two guys. Uh, let me find exactly who there were. There were two drivers that tied for leading the most laps in this race. Uh, can you guys guess which two drivers they are without looking? Um, okay. I was just guess Elliot and Blaney. Cause they seem to be up front a lot, but um, it probably isn't them. Okay. I'll say I'll say mm, Blaney and Keselowski. Did he race? Oh, okay, I don't think. Wait, okay, is one of them Michael McDowell? No. <laughs> one of them is Chastain. Correct. That doesn't oh, okay. surprise me. That's a good point. Is Byron one of them? No, he only led a couple laps. The uh, the other one is um, the Ford driver in it. Yes. Uh um, oh, narrowing it down. <laughs> it's, not it, Todd, it's not Todd Gilland, is it? I don't remember him leading. Okay, that's what I thought. Is, is it Kozlowski? I just said right. no. <laughs> so, right, this, is, this is terrible. You got Ross Chastain right. The other one was Eric Almarola. That's oh, yeah. Right. That's right. Eric Dang it. That's right. He led a lot of laps early on in the race. I must that's have been right. in the bathroom during that part. When did he lead all those he laps? He led early, early. laps uh, mm-hmm. early in the race. Er- Eric, mm-hmm. you, were, you were taking your uh, your mid-race nap in a media center. I, I must have been. I don't <laughs> you know I missed that one. You know what's great is I'm looking at the chat right now talk about it. And, like, yes, some would have Almarola and some had Chastain, but no one really for the most part. Like, there's some after, like, time to look it up. But there were was no one who got the pair right that led the most laps until like after we said it. <laughs> See, I feel like a, I feel like we someone all... said. Sorry, chat said we should have picked him because <laughs> <laughs> they run in such a close pack and stuff. I don't know. I feel like you know, like well, well, you well really... chat, chat, you actually did good with who you picked. Yeah, yeah, you did. You'll find out later on in the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but. <laughs> I, I figured that was that was something that was really cool when I was looking through. I'm like, this can't be right. I don't remember him being up that much after like the second stage, and it's like, oh, oh lord, mm-hmm. he was up there a lot. Yeah. Now somebody who also brought out a uh, a lot of people jumping up out of the stands from where I was sitting was Christopher Bell. That little spin that he had on pit road, mm-hmm. Eric. You after the race went there. How close <laughs> was that? Because it looked like on the TV, and I'm assuming on the broadcast. It looked like the, you know, like a piece of paper could fit between them. Yeah, so I was standing up on this like kind of 
like little uh, elevated platform near the entrance of pit road right before that cycle of pot stops. Cause I knew there was going to be something. Somebody spins out when they all try to enter pit road, at these plate tracks and sure enough, it was bell. And from where I was initially standing, I thought he was going to nose into that wall. It was kind of at an odd angle for me. I thought for sure he was about to total that car. And I was like, Oh, pole sitter had high hopes for him, had high hopes for Toyota in this race. Oh, oh. I missed the wall, thankfully, but you know, lost distractions and sped on pit road and it was kind of a fight from behind the rest of the race. Um, but no, then I went over, like you said, to that, the actual like safer barrier wall e- entrance where he spun and you can see the tire marks are probably about this far from the wall, which, you know, keep in mind the front of the car overhangs a little bit. So he's probably about this far from the wall <laughs> in actuality. Um, so a near miss, all things considered, but you know, we'll, we'll look at the points in a minute. It didn't well, help, it, you know, didn't for, matter for those, the, for those that are uh, just currently listening right now, Eric made the, his hands, maybe what a foot. Not even. Oh yeah, not even. I'd say probably like eight inch. I'd have to watch it again, but it was close. It was very close. Yeah. So th- that that for me was like watching him come onto pit road like that and seeing that happen. I thought for sure we were gonna see him bounce back up into the track and get like mm-hmm. nailed or something. Um, but I, I figured that would be something that would be really good to talk about because it seems like everyone like forgot that happened because the only real controversy that came out of this race was with was with five to go, where Daniel Hemrick was stopped on pit road and NASCAR threw a caution. Um, before I ask you guys, I'm going to preface. I think it was a right call personally, uh, but I'm also going to preface too that uh, <laughs> IDK uh, IDK player who was on pit road too had told me, he goes, man, he like was looking up at this, the video board that's near him. He's like, that looks close to me. And he's like, I don't see anything though. Cause he was behind the NBC pit box. He's like, that's really close to me. Oh, geez, it's right there. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I'm going to ask all three of you uh, and start with Danny here. Do you think that's the right call? Because a lot of people said it wasn't, um, but a lot of people also argued it was. I think it was the right call. He's he's out of the pits. He's technically in racing surface at that point. Um, And I did see some people point out that as close as that is to the racing surface, there was cases where – uh Kyle Bush wrecked a truck and it landed in the exact same area that his car was had come to rest at um and also if he's stuck he's going to need help getting out of that position anyways if he can't move the car at all um and after after what happened in the truck race you definitely don't want to tell his pit crew hey go out there and try to get him and bring him back that's that's not the right call either um so i think it, it was the right call to have the caution I think strangely though, it took way too long to come back racing after caution. I think that's one that should have been honestly like a lap or two at most. And then we're back racing. Um, Cause that feels like it should have been easier to get him out of the way. It felt like they maybe took an extra lap, maybe that they didn't need to, but we still ended the race in regulation. It was the right call because yeah, technically I think he was actually over the line. He was no longer on pit road at that point. He was as far out of the way as he could. What, it was a little surprising is I was listening to the MRN broadcast, I believe, and they reported based on what they were listening to that like, he was trying to pull that thing into the garage and missed the garage entry and like, didn't have any way to reverse it or anything. So he just basically cruised all the way down pit road until he just stopped there. So, I mean, I think NASCAR should look into why he was there and I'm not saying issue, you know, like you, when Carson Hosevar stopped and spun out on purpose, they just held him a lap. I'm not saying you like fine uh, Hemrick necessarily, but like, that's something maybe you, maybe you, look at that interesting and have a talk with the team or, or maybe there is some sort of penalty because if they just you know, blatantly stopped there to bring out a caution for some reason, which I don't think they, it, it felt like somewhere, somehow the team or the driver messed up in a pretty 
inexcusable way because you hated to see the really competitive racing up front that was shaping up for a great finish be suddenly broken up and stalled out by just a stalled car on pit road. Like it's such an anticlimactic way for that great racing to be interrupted. Yeah, it was the right call. I mean, we talked all week about safety, the safety concerns. And I mean, like, I know the car is technically on pit road, but I mean, it's Talladega, man. I mean, they're coming out of, out of the uh, the trial. Well, how many times have we seen accidents in that particular area to, you know, spill onto pit road sometimes? So it was too much of a risk. And I totally understand that. I mean, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I mean, if he if he um, if he could reverse it, then I'm pretty sure he could just, you know, could have just backed it up or whatever. But he couldn't in this situation. So, yeah, they had to uh, make a call. So, and I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's not like it really affected the racing. We still got, you know, yeah. the entire race in at the end of the day at a, you know, an awesome finish. So, yeah. Thankfully, yeah. Well, and looking at what the those in the chat think, I asked if, if they thought that NASCAR made the right call. And 84% are saying it was the correct call to 16% saying it wasn't. Uh, so I think the chat is pretty, pretty biased in that as well. Uh, by the way, look that like button if you're in the chat, and uh, if you're not subscribed to me or any of these guys, all the links are in the description below. Uh, uh, side note, you're, you're talking about the ending of races, and we'll get to those super chats later. But uh, Napa Racing Fan 927 said that that truck finish was kind of dumb, and this kind of relates to the same thing. I think in that case, I think that was the wrong call. I don't think yeah. it should have been that caution. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll talk more about that mm -hmm. truck race. I just saw that real quick. Maybe think, hey, I think those two these two finishes it's funny they're both controversial for different for different reasons um yeah and but what's weird too is like they're controversial but it's like for talladega standards like it's it's nice having this be like a little controversy something yeah. that honestly isn't all that memorable you know, all week from now yeah not only did we have tame racing but like you know we also had tamed I, controversy I it, it seems tame like, like I, they were racing two and three and sometimes four wide out there the whole race they just raced well yeah, they didn't yeah. actually wreck. But they didn't wreck this time. Then again, these are Cup Series drivers racing like Cup Series drivers should. So, mm -hmm. yeah. I, and I did hear a couple of the drivers. Uh, I don't remember who explicitly, but they did mention that you know the teams over the course of the year have figured out how to get these cars on super speedways to drive better. So I bet you just didn't see guys battling as many handling issues as we're used to seeing. Like over the course of the year, they just they're glued to the track a little better than they were back in February or April. So that's, that probably contributed to it a little bit as well. They just, the cars were handling slightly better. I, I spent a good amount of time. Actually, I was listening to this race mainly on, uh, on MRN because I was out doing some things too on Sunday, but Rusty Wallace was saying during the broadcast that he, he felt like NASCAR had done a good job of, of perfecting the super speedway package to be, that, yeah. to be, to be decent, but not like chaotic either. Yeah. yeah, I did yeah, feel like they found a decent balance here. There wasn't too many crazy unblockable runs, um, but you could still push through that bubble of air and pass the leader. Like, I just remember middle towards the end of the Gen 6, there was, I would say middle Gen 6, there seemed like it was almost impossible to mount a charge and pass the leader. The guy in first could just control both lanes easily at the plate tracks, and it was harder to do. It, it, it took a really skilled driver. It took a, a Blaney or a Hamlin on Sunday to really consistently do that. But, you know, those are two of the best at doing this in the business, so you'd expect it. Yeah, let me double check. But I believe we were I, – I believe the race got at or around or maybe a little over 60 lead changes, which is like for, you know, it's awesome for Talladega standards. But then it's like – Let's see, 57 lead changes we had in this race, whereas in the previous race in the spring, we had 41. So hmm, That's actually interesting, then. Yeah. I know with, like, 
30 or so to go or maybe it was 40 to go they said that it was like at 50 and i actually thought in the back of my head i'm like man with the way that people are just getting to the lead and back i'm like they keep doing that we could honestly get close to that 88 record um ultimately it didn't happen but i like i will say like to push back against what rusty wallace was saying just a tiny bit i it's good. I don't think it's perfect because while you can pass the leader, there is the ability to mount some runs. Um, this car really seems to handle best two wide. There were some drivers that said it's very difficult to go three wide at, at with this car. The drag that it creates when you're in the middle there, it's just, it kills it a little bit too much. And a lot of drivers talked about this being track position focused. You know, I mean, there was a, there wasn't a ton of passing. There were moments in this race where it felt like just top and bottom, just kind of snaking back and forth, you know, ebbing and flowing. And, uh, you know, I think that could be looked at. The only the only thing I'll push back on that is that Ch- uh, Chesa was able to come from I think fifth to first on the final restart um, to win the race. Um, aside from that, though, it was it was difficult to pass. Like, see, Christopher Bell had a good car start on the pole. Once he went a lap down, eventually got back on the lead lap. I think he finished like 18th because there was just no breaking through up into the top 10. Even though I think he had probably a decent car that was capable of it. Well, really quick um, before we move on to like stuff about the playoffs and whatnot. I do want to give a few people shout outs either for their finish or how they raced. The first one is, you know, unfortunately with Bowman being out, Gregson had to jump in the 48. Um, but he looked like a cup regular out there the way he and was he was in, he was involved in the early in the uh, in the first wreck too. So but they mounted was, a good comeback. He yeah. was the one early and often who would jump up to that top lane and just start leading guys up there like he'd been drafting in cup for years, uh, which I, I guess he has with the races he jumps up, but like consistently racing with these guys so i was impressed by that and then reading a couple others uh todd gilliland with a seventh place run did pretty well landon castle got 11th with spire in the 77 um gregson did recover to get a top 20 out of the day so it's like there were some guys that that raced pretty well that aren't normally at the front even in super speedways so that was really cool to see but of course Big focus after this race with one race left in this round is the playoffs and the cut line. So Chase Elliott is locked in. And unfortunately, with the news of Bowman being out this week, he is officially eliminated uh, Mm. from the playoffs. So second through 11th are going now for seven spots. And I'll read them off really quick here because there's a gap. But then once you get right to that cut line, it gets real close. So Ryan Blaney's in second plus 32. Ross Chastain is plus 28 in third. Uh, Denny Hamlin plus 21 in fourth. A tie plus 18, both for Joey Logano and Kyle Larson. Logano currently has the tiebreaker over the five. Daniel Suarez, seventh plus 12. Chase Briscoe, uh, plus zero, tied with Austin Sindrick, but he has the tiebreaker in the round at the moment. Uh, William Byron, minus 11. So I would say that he recovered pretty well from the penalty. Uh, to at least realistically be able to pounce on a Briscoe or a Cindric or even a Suarez on that line if need be. And he's still awaiting his appeal tomorrow. There's a mm-hmm. chance some of that points mm-hmm. penalty will get rescinded. There's a chance. There's a chance. So, no chance. And then there's Christopher Bell. Now, but I want to, you know, he's minus 33, but I want to focus on Byron here because I think Byron is in the most interesting spot out of any of the drivers for one reason. Well, two, if you think about it that way. But he and his team have a dilemma here. They have pretty fast cars for the most part at road courses. So do you go for the stage points or do you go for the win? 
Are you in a must win depending on how it goes at the start, or do you go for the points throughout the day? What's I mean, interesting I is that he's going up against Chase Briscoe and Austin Sindrick, who are great road course racers. That's what makes this difficult. Mm-hmm. So I, I think Byron, I expect Byron to run better than both of them, partially because I think the car is more consistent, uh, perhaps. But I think you got to go for stage points. And that's having not looked at the data. I'm sure crew chiefs are looking at every past Roval race, maybe every past road course race, and they're you know discussing and deliberating all week about what the best strategy is. But I think if Byron gets the full penalty rescinded, say he gets those 25 points back and now he's like plus 15 or something over the cut line, then maybe you go for the win. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you feel like it's worth taking that risk. You get to keep your track position at the end of each stage and you go for it from there. But assuming he's minus 11 or, you know, anywhere close to the cut line, I think you got to maximize stage points in the first two stages. And then you just maybe hope for some chaos in stage three that allows you to move back up from 25th into the top 10. I think that's what you got to do. Yeah, I say go for the stage points. I feel like it's the safer route because, I mean, you got to remember, we're going to the Roval this weekend, and the Roval can get very chaotic from time to time, too. And, yes, I know Austin Sendrick and Chase Briscoe, I feel like they're going to be threats this weekend. But, again, you know, as we've seen in the NASCAR playoffs, too, I mean, like, you could have the lead one moment, and then all of a sudden, bam, like a tire will go out or, like, mechanical issue. So anything can happen now. I feel like, you know, they're we are in the, you know, the most wide open playoffs um, ever um, in the, um, in the playoff era. So uh, I feel like just the safer route is just go for stage points and then just hope for some chaos to happen. But again, if they win this appeal, it could open up more possibilities too. So then, Hey, you might see them go for the win or whatever. So I don't know. So I'm looking at the guys in the cup field at the moment and it is road course racer wise, even pretty stacked because you got your obvious guys like chase elliott kyle larson um tyler reddick obviously those guys are all there christopher bell's been good this year um throw suarez in there as well he's seventh on the playoff grid and And, he's won a road course this year and chastain as well but you also then got to look aj allmendinger's in this race centric is now in cup like we talked about so it's like i feel i feel like no matter what you want to do, your choice is going to be stage points. Like it's going to be made that way because (sighs) there's only a couple guys I think who can actually go for the stage wins and still actually make their way up through the field and I, and, and win the race. And I don't see that being William Byron. It's just risky because say Cindric or Briscoe go for stage points and you know, a lot of guys pit. So they're going to finish top five in both stages. That's at least 10, 15, 20 points each. They're going to get. So suddenly Byron, rather than being minus 11, going into stage three will be minus 30 minimum minus 25 minus 30. At that point, you have to win. You can't finish third and have them finish 18th. You have to win. So you finish second doesn't do you any good. That that's just, that's risky. I think if you try to match them in the stages or even eat into their lead, because say you're Byron, I think you'll be better than them. You get 10, they get seven or eight. By the end of stage three, you're only two or three points back. Then you just have to beat him in the sta- in the final stage, and I think you can manage that. Mm-hmm. No. Again, oh, uh, just one final thing. Again, it's all going to be predicated on how the appeal process goes. And you said something's going to come out tomorrow, right, Eric? So yeah, it, I hope you know, they, it sounds like it. They could, if they do get some of those points back, it'll open up more possibilities. To, you know, as far as the strategies are concerned. So we'll watch out happens. for Christopher Bell. He's won a Roval, <laughs> not a Charlotte Roval, but a Daytona Roval race. Yeah. God, it's the, the the guys all over the cut line are like the best road racers still in mm-hmm. this ra- in the series or in the playoffs besides Elliott. So well, <laughs> I'm looking through Byron's season at the moment to look at how he's finished at the road courses. He got a sixth at Co- or not a sixth, the twelfth at Coda. It's the sixth race of the year. I'm being an idiot. Um, <laughs> he got a ninth at Sonoma. 
uh let's see 16th at road america i'd be curious to go back if it's possible to see what he did in the stages as well at those races because i just uh, you don't know i'd be curious like i'd want to yeah, see like can, total are you on racing reference doesn't it tell you how many points he accumulated for that race so there's points and then but there's no stage points but i can click on each one and, and check really quick at road but america, if you see that he finished 12th but still got like 50 points you're like oh he no, did well in the stage he got he got no stage points at road america Oof. <laughs> uh go down 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 wow i'm surprised for as much as people complain about road courses there's huge gaps between them uh at sonoma he finished ninth and he got no stage points at that one got more stage points at that <laughs> oh, oh goodness uh road america got no stage points in that one indianapolis he crashed in the 31st and Okay, he did get stage points in the first stage in that one. He got, okay, th he thank goodness. He finished third in that stage. Uh, and then Watkins Glen, I believe, is the last road course. He finished 22nd and got zero stage points. Okay, so never mind. What I said about Suarez, Briscoe, Cindric, Bell, Byron may be worst of that group, at least this year. It's that, but I don't know. I, I still I like Hendrick, man. It's hard to bet against a Hendrick car these days. It really is, but it's like I'm <sighs> – I, I, I don't know if, if I'm him and I see that track record, that changes my mind a little bit. Like if you're not good enough to get stage points throughout the day or you're not going for that, you know, these other guys are. I mean, if you look mm -hmm. at all these other races, all the other people that he's going against in some one race or another have gotten a huge chunk and have proven they can get that strategy together. Whereas Byron this year has got eight stage points and it all came in one stage. Yeah, but also too, the Roval is like such a unique, you know, road course and, you know, in and of itself too, that, you know, I, I could, I, I bet he's probably banking on a lot of chaos to happen too, in order to get some more stage points, I feel like throughout the race. I think qualifying on Saturday is going to be very important. Yeah, that's going to make the difference too. So it'll kind of be like F1 where it's like, hey, where you start is kind of sort of might be where you finish or uh, might it, be where I you think get that will, if he qualifies like 20th, I don't know. I don't know how that changes your strategy, mm -hmm. but if he qualifies top five. I think you just got to take the 10 points in stage one if you can yeah. get them. I don't know. So, okay, I have Byron's career at the Roval on here. So 2018 is the only race he actually had a really bad run, and he crashed in that one and finished 34th in 2018. And if I'm if I'm not mistaken, was he one of the ones that crashed in that practice too and he was in a backup? Uh, he crashed in a test um, when, they, when they were testing back in 2018. Okay, okay. Yeah. Here's, here's another interesting stat to throw in for you guys. Since then, he has finished, he got the pole in 2019. He finished sixth in that one in 2020 and 11th in 21, which not the greatest line, but here's the interesting line. He led 23 laps in 2019 out of 109, 27 out of 109 in 2020, and 30 out of 109 in 2021, meaning that in the last three, he has led, that would be 80 laps out of... All right, I'm going to flip-flop once again. Yeah. I think he is going to be really tough this week to beat. So, uh... <laughs> it, But that's the thing. That's, he's he's a mystery, honestly. Mm. like He's the biggest mystery of those guys there because it's like, Cindric, we didn't, literally don't even know how many points he has yet. We, like, yeah. we have... So, I, you know, with that all being said, I want to go back to what the chat thinks about it, and it is right down the middle. We have almost 200 votes, and it's 51% saying go for the stage points, and 40 <laughs> – okay, now it's 52, 48 saying go for the win. 
Yeah, I mean, someone in the chat, um, Okus, um, Oak32 Assassin said he was competing for the win last year. Mm-hmm. So, could see it again. Could see it again this week. It's, it's just it's like, it's really interesting because what he's done in the next gen does not match up what he's done the last three years at the Roval. But if you, if you ask me, you know, Hendrick Motorsports, enjoy, like, he's going to have to beat his Hendrick teammates. Like, Hendrick yeah. has been the best, absolute best at it. When you look at those four drivers, Kyle Larson last year, Chase Elliott, it's borderline his playground. Bowman is hey, usually hey, really hey, good. I was about to say, even so though he's out, be good. But say even though he's out this weekend, I was just looking at Bowman's stats out of curiosity. He's he's never not finishing in top ten on the road ball, actually. Mm-hmm. See, that that's one of the reasons why I think like, you know, you might not have a choice but to go for Sage points. Cause I think like, I mean, yeah, he's with Hendrick, but I mean Chase Elliott's the top guy as far as road courses are concerned. I feel like I, he I might just be too dominant, year, maybe. I don't know. My, I mean, if, if you're comparing him to track house overall or especially tyler reddick like i don't I, I don't see him as the favorite but i see him as one of the favorites mm-hmm. like I, I think it's very possible elliot gets the win i think he should be if you're looking at the gambling odds it should be him and tyler reddick as the two you're looking yeah at. yeah as far as gambling odds are concerned though he's well he's one of the favorites that's for sure yeah um but yeah i mean <laughs> i feel like we've went on just an entire segment on byron looking at some of the other guys <laughs> the, i think the I, I don't know if I'm Chase Briscoe as, as good as he is at the road courses. I don't I don't know how confident I am going against Suarez and Cindric. Hey, I said I I've made the prediction. I'm like, hey, Chase Briscoe might surprise a lot of people, and I feel like the Roval will be his time to shine. I'm not saying he wins, but could bank he you know could take enough points to the bank to uh, to move on to the round of eight. So in his Xfinity career in 2018, he went for the win straight up, didn't get many stage points, but he won. At the Roval, Briscoe. Uh, 2019, he went for the stage points, finished first and second in the two stages, ended up ninth in the race. Same thing last year, uh, in t- or I'm sorry, 2020. Uh, he didn't race there in uh, 2020, but in 2020, he finished 18th, but he won stage two, and he led at least 20 laps in all three of those races. So Briscoe, because I'm comparing that to Cindric. Cindric uh, has never finished worse than sixth at the Roval, but he's also never won it, and he's never led more than 22 laps in a single race. So both have been good, but Briscoe has been a little more electric at the Roval um, head-to-head because of three of those, right? I mean, that's three times he's gone head-to-head against Cindric, and, um, you know, one's got a trophy, one doesn't. So that's a tough pick. Well, I'm going to put you all on the spot right now, all three of you. You can decide who wants to go first, Briscoe or Cindric. I'm asking the chat as well. Mm. Man, between uh, I'll, the go, two. I'll go Austin Cindric. I just feel more confident in Penske uh, right now, even though they've had their their demons in these playoffs. Entire pressure is wrong. Last week, I think it was at Talladega, it was both Cindric and Logano who got damage in that first crash, but they both rallied and they, they recovered. They were fine. Um, but I, I just feel Cindric. I think he's a rookie, but something magical has been going on this year. We get, to get we might get to see a rookie in the round of eight. I think yeah, I but- picked him to get through this round. No, 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 I picked him out in this round, but I, I knew uh, the Roval would be his best shot to get in. Look, I've been hyping this guy up, you know, this entire round and stuff. And now, you know, we, you know, we've gotten to the point where, you know, they both enter tied, tied on points here and, you know, he's one of them. So, look, I feel like Chase Briscoe, something's going to happen for that team, dude. I'm, I'm feeling it, man. I mean, it's just just based on this year's playoffs, man, like I just, you know, I feel like this race is going to be like 
somewhat tamed at times but then it can get it's probably probably going to get you know very chaotic in the final stage so i'm gonna go with cendric here or no no i'm I'm briscoe excuse me briscoe (laughs) yeah yeah i'm I'm also gonna go with briscoe in this case i i do like his chances here at the robo this weekend it's it's been a good track time before in other series and i i do feel somewhat confident in shr even if they haven't been the same as what they have been I feel like now that Harvick's got his own issues, he's out. Uh, they're going to put all their all stock into the one guy still in there. Cindric's been irrelevant. I see that in the chat. Okay, I just pulled up his road course stats this year. He hasn't finished worse than 13th. He's got four top fives in, or four top tens in five races. Are they talking about I, he hasn't I, been I, irrelevant I guess, recently? Or? I, I guess because, mm-hmm. you know, we're used to him in the Xfinity series where he would win often on road courses and then – you don't do it in the cup series. That's that's just shock to them. Still, yeah. Second at Indy, fifth at Sonoma, seventh at he, Road he's, America. He's been good without a doubt. I've just been shocked that he hasn't at least won one of the road courses this year. You know, especially Road America. I'd be picking Bell if Toyotas weren't trash at the road courses <laughs> this year. I would. I'm just saying. I I am also gonna go with Cindric. I've been really high on him this year. The way that. Uh, that Darian's been more high on Briscoe. Uh, I just, I kind of just looking at the season overall of like, which one I can trust, you know, overall this year. Yeah. Cindric has only five top 10 or top fives and nine top tens. But then I look at chase Briscoe and he only has four top fives and six top tens on the year. So that alone, I, I the two team is performing better. Um, but I've just, it seems like when that two team gets put against the wall, they still managed to fight back a little more from it. I mean, I think before Bristol, I was like the only person on the internet saying that I thought Cindric would make it over Kyle Busch. It just, it, it happened that way. He didn't outperform him necessarily, but that team kept in it. And I think that's exactly what they'll do in this one, even if they don't have the best car. Cause it seems like they have a very, a good early run car, but like as the, the race goes on in the, these road courses, they seem to fall back a little more and not necessarily be relevant um, in going for the win. But I think he's going to be up there as like a top seven or eight guy. Uh, and looking at what the, the chat's thinking on it, they voted uh, Cindric at 58% or 59%, Briscoe at 41%. So Now it's now it uh, just updated. Now it's 60-40. But I am shocked that uh, Briscoe, um, he got way more than I initially expected, though. So Well, I'm looking, at, I'm looking at his numbers for this year, and I didn't realize they were this – bad at road courses now he's led he's led two zero four five and seven laps at the road courses this year so he's up front Mm -hmm. here and there but he hasn't finished better than 13th that's his best finish Mm -hmm. that's cinder's worst finish this year (laughs) yeah i get that too i'm only banking on him though because of his history at specifically at the roval though that's true i i I, I, could argue he's better at the roval than Mm -hmm. cinder but it's it's a good debate i I'm, i'm gonna say this before uh before we go on to one last thing about this, but uh, I, I find it funny how the running joke that the chat had about, you know, oh, Eric was wrong about Reddick as his championship pick, and I was all confident about Christopher Bell, and now I'm almost certain that Christopher Bell, with how bad Toyota has been, is probably going to get eliminated now, and my championship pick will be out in the mm. round right after. So, yeah. you know, that, I, I found that kind of funny. Hey, your pick looked good two weeks ago. My pick looked good, well, it looked good when he won last or two weeks ago, but you know, yeah. he was already out. <laughs> Wait, it happens, flashes man. Of, flashes of brilliance. 
too too bad we don't have any way to like get extra points for getting your playoff stuff right or wrong. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you could use those extra points, Eric, for now. Yeah. <laughs> but I could too. I could too. Yeah, I think we all could. <laughs> no, um, it's okay, Pylon. I've been riding my high horse all year long. I deserve to be knocked down a peg. Uh, yeah. Well, speaking of someone <laughs> to get knocked down a peg, I'm gonna ask you guys of of these guys who have a pretty good gap, Blaney, Chastain, Hamlin, Logano, Larson. Out of those five, which one of them do you think gets eliminated this week? Joey Logano. I'm looking up his stats just to back me up, but I feel like Logano's got no mojo right now. Like, all week long, he's like, Talladega's not real racing. People who race up front don't get rewarded. It's all the people riding around the back. So what does he do? He rides around the back and finishes 20 freaking seventh. (laughs) I feel like he has no momentum. Okay, he was second at Texas, but outside of that race, fourth at Darlington, that's fine. Those are his only two top tens. Those are his only two top 15s of these playoffs. I know Bristol was an odd case with Penske missing the setup, but I don't know. I just feel like, I feel like Lugano doesn't have any momentum right now. So that's a very ambiguous thing, but that'd be my pick. Well, based on, you know, the Toyotas not being so good on the road courses, I'd have to go with Denny Hamlin. I mean, he's only plus 21 to the good, too. And, you know, you throw in, you know, some chaotic, um, some uh, chaotic moments in this race. And maybe, you know, some guys below him get uh, um, a few more stage points than him, too. And then he might run into problems, maybe, you know, mechanical or uh, gets involved in uh, someone else's mess. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Hamlin, Hamlin, I'll have to pick him for that one. Danny, who do you think? Uh, out of all those, I'd probably, I'd probably be with, with Eric on the Logano one. I, I, I don't see it as being a great track for him. Hamlin, I think he can hold his own on road courses. Chastain won his first race on a road course, so I feel fine about him. And even though it's a more of a Mickey win, uh, Blaney, he has won here before, so I don't see him having a, a bad day either. So I'm looking through the stats and. <laughs> I might not be popular in my own house tonight. I'm picking Denny Hamlin as the guy out of those five because um, I'm looking at how he's done at the road courses this year. It's been ugly. That's wow. true. Wow. Mm, 18 yeah. Dakota. Uh, then you go down to Sonoma, 31st, and they were running 26th before they tried to do some, like, miracle. Hail Mary strategy. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Uh, uh, imagine just something. Not not even, like, a direct thing happens with Chastain, and that, that's what makes him – like miss it well real quick i'm a little surprised nobody mentioned chastain because i keep hearing about all this payback he's owed and i feel like the roval is the best spot to do it i'm just saying i think it's too much so i think the problem is he's gonna be too far ahead a lot of these guys i think he's gonna Mm. run top three all day track house looks good at the road courses this year i think i think it'll be ahead of hamlin here because i'm I'm looking at the other road courses 17th road america 14th indy and uh 20th watkins Glen. like his best finish at a road course is 14th Nice. Not counting the guys in eighth and ninth because we're not sure how that's going to end up finishing. Of those top seven, uh, plus Elliott, who do you guys feel the best for for the last four races after this weekend? Chase Elliott. Elliott, I feel good about Elliott. Yeah, Yeah. Elliott. Yeah, I'd I'd agree with that too. You you realize if we're all wrong though, we're we're going to get featured on some compilation if he gets eliminated this next round. Dude. And, and and there'll be uh, some uh, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse music playing too. I'm sure. Yeah, he would have to have an epic playoff collapse I'm, to. I'm sorry, to like, not make it. There is no way in hell you can do the Mickey Elliott stuff this year. Like this has been, I think like, you can't. I think if you look at everything that the field has had to go through. Well, no, yeah, no, with okay, a sorry, new car, with a new mm-hmm. car, with 
all the you know different tracks the last couple of years, how competitive this field is overall. Like I could, I, I think you could argue this is Elliott's most impressive season mm-hmm. to be that it far is. ahead in wins, top fives, top tens, average finish, laps. Led. That's a good point. That's a good and, point. And but also, the, but I'm saying the Mickey Mouse fans or haters will say Pocono, you got DQ to win. You okay, know, he still or, has more wins than anyone yeah. else. And, but then, but then they'll say half his other wins came at super speedways. Ooh. But dude, in they a season full junior, of, pa- but they don't count for Elliott. In a yeah, season, no, you, know, you know how NASCAR fans are. They'll find well, any well, way to Mickey Mouse. Think well, I hate Chase Elliott. <laughs> they think well, we hate all Hendrick drivers. Apparently, no, well, it's easy to. Hey, they hate when we talk for, about for, Hendrick drivers. I saw in the chat. For for those who want to uh, give Hamlin his Pocono trophy back, uh, just go give all that money to the walleye traders in Ohio. Yeah. But also too, but also too, in a season full of parody like this, I mean, we could still potentially have a record breaking twentieth different winner. Like those five wins, like stand out a lot That's more true. than you know than you know uh, than uh, uh, compared to uh, other seasons. So, yeah, and and don't get me wrong, I still think he could get beat just because of how you know good some of these guys coming through are and how good they are at these remaining tracks um personally though i i feel like we're gonna see at least one person that isn't briscoe out of those top seven um finish below it though and i i don't know about like i said it would be like hamlin's more likely but he does have that 21 point gap that'll make a huge difference but of course i mean harvick had about the same gap for martinsville a couple years ago and that didn't do him any good so I don't know. I, it, it's good. I think it, this one is going to come down to the wire. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a battle that is reminiscent of the 2018 Roval race uh, coming mm-hmm. down to the wire. <laughs> Man, <laughs> we went. We got we got onto the Roval really quick. We still had yeah. a couple of Talladega topics to get over. <laughs> we still got two well, more races. So, yeah, well, we still got two the, more races, the, but the, the, yeah. the Roval's fun though. It, it is. We'll get there. All things in moderation. Patience. Patience. I want the Roval. <laughs> He looked cut out on my yeah, speech. He cut out. Yeah. on mine. He's like, we want the Roval. <laughs> we, Danny that, that, became that, a YouTube that, poop, like, literally in a split second. That, that was NASCAR coming in and telling me you're not allowed to have the Roval yet. <laughs> well, before we get to the Roval, let's finish up some stuff uh, for Talladega, both Cup and then, of course, the lower series races. Wait, 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 wait time out. Why is there a Sharpie on Yeah, I was about here? to say something. Yeah, I was about to I say. Just, I was just hanging it because I, th- I was using it to take notes because I can't find my, oh, my okay. normal pen. And it's yeah, sorry. I just do that. I did that. I used to do that in school I, I, sometimes. I, I was like, wait, what is that doing there? Kind of fun. Well, before I'm the, only, I, I'm the only one with glasses on this podcast. This is I gotta show mm-hmm. off like the benefits, hey, you know. Hey, when when I wore glasses, I got made fun of. Ooh. <laughs> that everyone Dang. said I looked like a school teacher. <laughs> anyway, I, I I don't even know if I've seen Eric without his glasses on. Yeah, I take them off like every week. It's rare. It's very people rare. say I look like Martin Truex Jr., especially when I smile. <laughs> I don't see it. No, they did in my Kyle Busch video, which was weird because I was dressed as Kyle Busch. <laughs> <laughs> well, really quick before we jump uh, a little further, just everyone be sure we got well almost well we're closing in on 600 watch, and be sure to lick that like button, subscribe to all these guys in the description as well as yours truly. Uh, but let's get to some ratings, both good and bad. Starting off with uh, TV ratings. Talladega this week got a 1.64 rating and 2.827 million viewers on Big NBC, meaning it's down 15% in ratings from 2020, which was the last time we ran this race scheduled. 9% in viewership from that race and 20% in viewership from the same race in 2018. So 
not, not great not very good no especially no. for talladega too for a track it's, like that on big nbc i, I oh. looked i looked it up and uh from what i could tell it's the lowest viewed scheduled talladega race on tv ever so not, not not very good but not nice i should say but this, this but what was nice i don't really know what we can really look into on that like, i mean the attendance looked good campers were filled uh rick allen said on nbc it was over a hundred thousand fans there yeah. they weren't all in the grandstands if that's the case there were definitely gaps in the grandstands but it was yeah. a solid crowd it was, yeah. it was better than we've seen at other talladega races in recent years so when they showed the aerial the the infield looked more packed than usual i've noticed yeah. that a lot of tracks this year like <laughs> the infield there were people commenting to me and, or, you know, over the course of the weekend who come regularly, who said that this was, you know, one of the more crowded in fields and campgrounds that they've seen in recent years. So that uh, one negative one, positive, I feel that's all a year, at least the second half of the year, uh, ratings have come down the second half of the year, at least the last six weeks or so, and especially during the playoffs, especially during the playoffs. That's true. Attendance has stayed high though, even during the playoffs. So it's mm-hmm. like, it's weird that there's such a disconnect there. I don't I just- I don't know. I love how everybody uses the NFL excuse because the NFL didn't exist for the last 50 years. Guys, yeah. we, we got some of these fans got to get out of that, man. We can't look at everything else as the excuse. You got to look internally, man. The only argument I you could make is that like a lot of sports are kind of floundering. I think I'm not sure if 100 percent sure, but I feel like the NBA has gradually dropped in viewership the last couple of years. You know, everything ebbs and flows, but the NFL especially the last couple of years, it just feels like they're soaring to new heights consistently. They're more and more culturally relevant uh, in the United States. So that's the only debate is that as far as like the percentage of the audience share that the NFL has a stranglehold over now has gotten larger. The sheer number of people maybe hasn't changed that much, but like people who are still tuning into live sports are tuning into the NFL over everything else more so than ever before. That's the only argument that I don't really have any data to back that up right now off the top of my head, but it's something that you know, might be interesting to research and well, see if there's well, actually truth to it. While the NFL has been a little bit up, it's still like within what it's normally been for the most yeah, part. It just feels, I just feel maybe I've just gotten older and I'm like I, on social media more on watch more TV. I'm out in the real world more, but it just feels like the NFL has as much or more cultural significance. Now that it feels like people are talking about it as much or more now than I've ever heard them talking about it in the past. So I, I just don't know. Maybe there might be something to it. Like I'm sure NASCAR somewhere, somehow, some way in the Fox or NBC studios, whatever are looking at a stat saying, Hey, well, the audience share for Talladega this weekend was actually up last year. Just less people were on their TVs, but you know, there, there's probably a qualifier in there somewhere. It's just, yeah. Yeah. You want to see that at the end of the day, you want to see that nice, pretty number get bigger. And it's not, at least not since the playoffs have started. Well, so, and I'll, I'll also what do, you do for a lot of people a lot of people don't think that it adds in streaming it it does like it like yeah it's just not a big number numbers yeah and and that's something I, that's somewhere nascar needs to to work overall on it just because you see all these other sports i mean for christ's sake you know they're they're on like, different streaming options like amazon for the nfl and they bring in 12 million people i'm not saying nascar can but you i think that that hundred thousand people streaming the race shouldn't be an insurmountable goal in the next couple of years mm-hmm so I, in the chat, we got someone talking about Jarrett, your Vikings winning on that last second field goal miss. We have someone just un, un, unprompted saying Mahomes spanked Brady and put him to bed at home. That's not even that's not anything to do with what we're talking about. This is a NASCAR show. We got a guy just chiming in with his hot NFL take. Yeah. I'm just saying it, it's a it's, big, it's big deal. Yeah. That's, the, that's the only argument I could make is that the NFL has just gotten bigger. It's swallowing. The MLB playoffs are about to start. And what has everybody been talking about in baseball spheres? Aaron freaking judge. Hey, Seattle Mariners though, bro. I'm Nobody's talking about, about the Seattle Mariners. <laughs> hey, broke that drought. Let's go. I, I love it. 
it just it, it but there i you can we can t- i mean the nfl has stuff to do with it yes and we can talk about but like Darren i don't want to talk about it because i, I yeah, need to go does, find actual data yeah, i'm just i'm speaking there does know. have to be some internal stuff from nascar to be like okay why do sure. people tune in the first three-fourths of the year but then the last ninth and especially the last three weeks everyone tunes out and like the <clears> ratings <throat> continue to go down whereas like the fox portion of the year goes up i think that's where nascar <laughs> has to look at it Sorry, I'm laughing at Noah Coleman in the chat. He says, what the fuck does Tom Brady have to do with this? <laughs> I mean, that's, what does Kyle Petty have to do with this? <laughs> yeah. We need our own shirts. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll tell you what. We, we figure out our own shirt by uh, by the next time I run a marathon. I'll run a marathon in this. I'm going to. I'll run a marathon in whatever funny-ass shirt we, we, we make up. Sorry, our chat's now all over the place talking about oh, Tua, talking about Josh Allen. I'm just, yeah. just saying. All right, let's move on. Let's move yeah, on. Let's what move. you started, bro. Well, well, Darian, you know what doesn't go down when it comes to ratings? Yes, that's right. The poll, the famous iceberg poll. Hey, I, I, sorry, not to interrupt here. I just want to say I saw one person in chat actually bring up something kind of related to NASCAR ratings. They mentioned the fact that USA, for whatever reason, took race for the championship off youtube for some reason yeah we'll talk about that a little bit later but yeah i saw that and that's not not a good move Uh, i will say it was funny everyone kept getting mad at me when i said that oh ratings were down a little bit the last couple weeks well it's a usa problem like what 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 was it like it wasn't a problem when we were up in the summer but anyway Mm -hmm. off that off that uh the ratings for this race were really good when it came to the poll Okay. (laughs) We had almost 16,000 votes this week. Not an all-time record, but pretty close. Uh, 50% of the people who voted said it was a great race. 29% (laughs) said it was good. So 79% net positive is Eric is losing it. Our our chat is now asking for (laughs) fantasy football advice. (laughs) Well, they should be asking me. I'm the only undefeated one left in my league. Okay, I'm sorry. Go on, go on. on. If they want to know, we'll give them the worst advice ever. (laughs) Tua, he's your quarterback for the next month. Um, Definitely go Tua. 13% said this is an average race, and four apiece said it was below average or bad. So 8% net negative. Um, which I'm surprised it's actually like towards the middle, sort of lower middle of positive. And I'll be real after getting sick of Wreckfest at super speedways, I honestly thought this was one of the better ones of, you know, since we started doing this poll, but Hmm. anyway, I'm going to ask you guys with the first comment, positive, negative, or meme Denny delivers meme. Oh, it's a meme. Yeah. Yeah. Funny how (laughs) we can. Funny how we had to wait until the wild card race of Talladega to have a non-playoff driver not win. Such a 2022 thing to happen. No, that wasn't even really a meme. That was just a you know good observation. Oh wow, that was a good <laughs> comment. Uh, looking at some of these other ones, the uh, t- the, the top two comments actually had the same number of likes. Um, By not has the top one saying surprisingly clean for a modern Talladega race. NBC really seemed to be on it with the audio camera angles all day and really helped build an atmosphere around the race. I especially like that they left the crowd mic on for the entirety of the finish, which I saw that on the replay, and it was badass. Like, it, it honestly, the crowd was louder on TV than it was uh, being in the stands until about the last half lap. But if you watch back on that finish, you can just, it, it, 
it's what a lot of people like me have asked for with these broadcasts to make it more immersive and add a boy to NBC on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric Hoffman left another one saying, after all of the stupidity of the past two weeks, I think we all needed that race, which was nearly perfect yep. in every way. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Uh, let's see. There's a couple others. Uh, TNT Productions. Not a very super speedway race needs to be a super mega big one to be a good race. That being said, you could tell the guys in the middle of the pack were being extremely cautious, as the only sideways cars I saw all race were the leaders and Harrison. Like sideways, mm-hmm. cars. Oh, yeah. Um, and then before, once we get out, of, this will be the last one of the the top guys. Uh, Ryan Morrison said it was. An absolutely amazing race and an amazing weekend. The cup race was a game of momentum for the lanes, and it was very interesting to watch the lines work to prevail against the other. Great job by everybody taking care of each other, too, out there, and we got an exciting race throughout with an awesome finish. I adored that race. (laughs) Adored. I like that. Adored. I want to bring this up really quick. Um because I, I put on Twitter right before the last bit. I don't know. Yes, expecting Twitter to be positive ever is, is not a good plan. But I was naive in the stands and happy. And I put, please, like, I was like, don't make this become a wreck fest after how great of a race we've had. Like, just let it be a nice, clean finish and a great finish. And everyone was clowning me until the restart started. And I was right. Suck it, Twitter. I was right. We had a great finish. <laughs> I was yeah. like, well, that, that's what I was nervous about. And I think I even said it um, after the caution came out, which, again, it was warranted. But I'm like, man, I was, that, was, that was shaping up to be such a great finish. I really hope that we don't have a wreck because, like, I don't want this race to get ruined. And thank God it wasn't. Like, that, it was – I, I damn near adored this race as well. Uh, scrolling down here, you know, you know why I'm going to read this one. Uh, Chris Furrow says, great race. Loved seeing the moves by Blaney and Chase to win the stages in the race. McDowell and Gilliland with great runs for front row. Yeah, they had. not wrong. Which and McDowell, I think, I think McDowell has like a um, what is it, a career high in in top tens now. He has I think. matched the amount of top tens he's had in all of his years at front row this year with twelve. Wow, see, there that team's on to something, man. So it was look out for them in the future. Leaving the grandstands, I was like, you know in our group i was saying all this how, how mcdowell is so good and stuff my girlfriend just goes are you just unironically becoming a mcdowell fan now and i'm like you know what at this point i think i am <laughs> I, I think i am you stop at a loves on the way home uh no but i stop every time i go up to rockford okay uh, good man they, they have michael mcdowell <laughs> stuff even up in illinois yeah. all over in oh Wisconsin. really yeah wow have, i haven't seen that dang. yeah they have his stuff everywhere it's like one of the best sponsor integrations i've seen in a oh, while dang. yeah yeah i think the loves that i've been to uh in baxter tennessee i think they have some michael mcdowell stuff in there too it's i remember seeing signs put up in some of the stores after he won the daytona 500 mm-hmm. last year but i haven't seen that in a while so i gotta i gotta look harder that's cool uh, let's see what else. I'm going to scroll down a little bit. Um, somebody, I, I don't I know. An unrelated, I see an unrelated comment in the chat, but I just want to hear, I just want to see Danny, what Danny says. He probably already saw it from Which Charles one? in the chat. Deegan would do better in that 48 car than Bowman. That's for sure. He's just trolling. Yeah. Yeah, he's just trolling. Ch- Charles, Charles comes on here every week to try to get me riled up <laughs> oh charles sorry I, I i know you like fishing danny i was just trying to see if you nope. take the bait right there i know a troll when i see one <laughs> no nah, I'm, I'm it's getting old charles just stop 
I don't know. You're not welcome in this lake anymore, Charles. <laughs> Damn. Cast your bait somewhere else or cast your line somewhere else. Charles, we got Charles, weights and fish. Charles, <laughs> if you keep this up, I'll fish like they do up in Lake Erie. <laughs> I don't know if anybody can go back to the chat. This is actually more fun. Jared, can you make a poll? Bowman or Deegan right now? <laughs> Screw it. Let's have no, no, fun no, no, with it. Oh, no, I'm no. kidding. We're getting... This show is going to be three hours at this rate. No, <laughs> I don't know. We still got two more Talladega races to yeah. get to. Well, to be fair, the Xfinity race had like nothing. So what? It was a great race. It was, it was it, good. It was a good choo-choo no, no, race. No, 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 you know, choo -choo race. Dude, the, the highlight worst? of my race was I ate a giant ass meatball filled with with pulled pork and chicken. Hey, you told yeah. me afterwards that was a mistake. I it saw the aftermath of that one. Oh, that oh, was, oh, trust me, it was a mistake. You can ask like everybody in my group waiting for me to to get out. We we left the track. There's no one in the track anymore. Um, but I'll go back to, to reading some of the the, the comments from the poll. Um, this one is a, a quote from the broadcast. Junior, I really like where Blaney is restarting because I have a Ford pushing him. Rick Allen, what kind of car do you want push you? Junior, a Ford. <laughs> <laughs> And speaking of Rick Allen, too, his calls have gotten way better yes. over the years. They've aged. Like, honestly, you can make the argument that, like, I feel like he's better than Mike Joy than right current now. Mike Joy. Yeah, current Mike Joy, of course. And yeah. To, but to be fair to current Mike Joy, I mean, when, he's you, old. when, when you got Clint you know, Boyer man. bouncing all over the room, yeah. it's kind of hard to get a word in edgewise. <laughs> um, look, let, let's let, – let, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, he's like – Clint, would you shut up for two seconds? No, do you remember the – IDK showed me, and I can't remember which race it was, but it was like a Martinsville race where Mike Joy literally had to shush Daryl Waltrip. I think it was back in like the early 2000s, I think. Yeah. But, no, I, I would say just because Mike Joy is definitely not the same 90s to, two, you know, 2010s Mike Joy, I would say Rick Allen now is probably of the cup guys. He, I think he edges him out a little bit, which feels sacrilegious to say, but – it, it's kind of I, – I think it's true just because I think he has also gotten a lot better. Um, but looking at these last five, good Lord. I'm going to – let's see. Okay. We'll start it off here. You guys ready? Get these last five negative ones. All right. Let's go. Ghost Killer. That's, that seems, he seems to be a regular down here at the bottom. It says Mickey Mouse win. Mm -hmm. Nice. And then uh, he, he has a dude responding to him with the clown emoji. Uh, fishing with car says boring. I fell asleep watching this race and the Xfinity race yesterday. I did not fall asleep watching Texas, however, last week. Whoa, whoa. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I want I want people to know before I read this one. This is not me saying this. This is uh, Nolan Brown saying that Chase Elliott's overrated. <laughs> I disagree. Uh, Sylvie says boring as hell. And then Aaron had some choice words that I'm gonna dance around. Uh, that was the worst bleeping super speedway race since the 2018 spring Talladega race. So apparently 2018 fall was better. Dude. I was going to say. No, dude. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> must, oh, must be an to that. fan. I'm not even going to respond to that one. Must be a Truex fan who just watches drivers sit in the back all day and never make a move. <laughs> never. But, oh, I'm happy for you, Danny. The yeah. chat's going with Bowman. Yeah, I, I knew they would. Yeah, I mean, they can only, they're not going to do that. I, I do applaud them for how much they were willing to uh, troll because 42% still went with Deegan. <laughs> <laughs> now, good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. That was, uh, what was that, Darian? Yes, that was the famous, the famous iceberg poll on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. 
All right, we still got two more races to get to here. Let's start off. Xfinity, Xfinity look, look, Xfinity, look, I mean, you know, I, I feel like for the most part, um, most of the uh, Xfinity Series Super Speedway races have been very good. But I mean, since we had, you know, the whole fiasco at uh, at Daytona a few weeks ago, I feel like, yeah, this was pretty tamed. And I wasn't shocked by that. I mean, once they got yeah. single filed, they were just like, look, we're just going to ride to the end and then we'll start making moves at the very end. But God damn it, Sam Mayer, man, what's going to win? Gosh, he just... <sighs> Oh, got, so, he got way too far out in front on that final, I guess it was the final lap. You can I see thought, it. I thought he timed it perfectly at first, but then it just I thought with got the lap to the lead. Yeah. Ugh. Like, I thought yeah, with that just, lap car there, he had a good run. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, but lost in the home stretch stage, Almendinger, once again. But no, to your point, Darian, would you rather see an, an Xfinity race like what we had at Daytona a few weeks ago, where it was ending at 2 in the morning because everyone was crashing? Or would you rather see what you got? at Talladega this time around where every car was still running at the end of the race. Well, yeah, I'd rather see what we got on, on, on Saturday, because I mean, like yeah. to have that happen two races, uh, uh, to, um, to have those types of races for two super speedway races in a row, like, uh-uh, come on now. I mean, the Xfinity series, I mean, I know the, I know the Xfinity series isn't the cup series, but they have some pretty talented guys who know what they're doing usually on super speedways. So there's enough space to maneuver to make a lot of moves and stuff. So Hey, you just, hey, it's just one of those races. I did ask though, um, some people on Twitter, I'm like, Hey, what are your thoughts on the, on the Xfinity super speedway package? And I was surprised. They were like, Oh, boring, boring, this boring. That. I'm like, dude, out of all the races we've seen this year, like, really? Like, come on, man. Like when they, when they, re- you know, when they make moves, it is very exciting too. So I think they have a uh, pretty good Xfinity series well, package. Parker in the chat brings up a really good point. Maybe not necessarily for the racing package itself, but for Xfinity racing in general, this was the third race in series history out of over 1,300 races where every car in the field finished. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's rare. See, not every race is going to be a wreck fest, y'all. But again, like you're watching racing. You're not here to watch like a bunch of wrecks. You know what I mean? So. Well, I'll say for me watching towards the end, the move of the race that was like the dumbest move of the race was Austin Hill. Yeah, Danny, what, what, that was your pick. What, that was my was pick that, too. Oh, oh, wow. So, <laughs> what was that? He dominated the whole thing, and I don't know what made him think he needed to go way up the track of Gregson. Mm. He should have just stayed on the inside and just, you know, waited out. There was still, what, five to go at that point? It mm-hmm. made no sense to make that big of a block that early. He's, he's lucky they didn't start a big crash because of that. Yeah, you know what it probably was? Because I saw him doing it, like, towards the ends of uh, stages one and two. He was just trying to, you know, going back, you know, back and forth, back and forth, you know, just going up and down the track, trying to uh, protect his position. I think he just overestimated that one, you know, just one of those mistakes. It was, like, literally the first time, like, at the end, a car even got close to Mm -hmm. him battling for the lead. He he threw that big of a block and yeah he should have just he should have held into it. I feel like the inside line was still better. Yeah, and yeah. like I think earlier in the race somebody got on the outside of him when it was him and Shelton Creed up there and was like you know right here ahead of him and he was able to draft past him and I think end up like winning a stage or getting the lead like right after that and I I didn't understand why he did that like even just blocking him and sticking to the high lane he had a fast enough car if he stayed in line. Gregson wouldn't get past him. So I, I did not understand that move at all. And I feel like that's just a, a move of inexperience, even if he has been good this year. Mm-hmm. But it baffled me. I mean, I was in the stands. I'm like, what the hell? My pick screwed it again. 
<laughs> what baffled me even more though too is like i thought that was sam Mayer's race i was like oh he timed it perfectly great but then apparently aj almendinger timed it way perfectly there because he ended up getting the victory at the end but yeah yeah uh, even after he won and you know just like after kyle bush won in the cot's debut back in 07 he's like i still hate this um i hate this type of racing you know i hate this type of racing still i think i think a lot of drivers do but mm-hmm. fans love it and it's gonna stay uh, and then there was there was one other race that day. Uh, we're like moving back in time. It's kind of yeah. fun, but uh, it was an absolute wreck fest. I'll just say that uh, to start with. That was your wreck fest race if you wanted one this weekend. Oh. It was the truck race. Oh, I, I, let's, let's start off with the positive stuff here. Matt Benedetto gets his first win, and fun stat: that last lap was the only lap in his career he's led in the truck series. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, obviously needed some sort of, you know, controversy to get it. But, yeah, no, props to him. And he timed it perfectly and, yeah, got the win. It's funny. That was actually the pick that I felt the least confident in that I made this weekend, and that was the only one at won. Talladega. Mm. Yeah, same. You. Yeah, same here. Well, it was cool. It, there was controversy at the end we'll get to in a moment, but it was – it is cool to see DiBenedetto finally get his win. Uh, you know, love or hate DiBenedetto, you're tired of him, you're burned out of him, you're still supporting him, what have you. I know everyone has a strong take on Matt DiBenedetto these days, but he's had fans that have been living and dying with him for three, four years mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, between, you know, the the near miss when he was with Levine Family Racing to, you know, maybe the, you know, a close calls, general slight underperformance, and then ultimately losing his ride at the Wood Brothers to now being in a mid-pack truck, like to, to to get this victory, that has to feel just so rewarding. I, De Benedetto came in the media center, and it was just him, his crew chief, his owner, and nobody else was in there yet except reporters. And he was just like, felt like he was bouncing off the walls. And and, uh, and it, you, it, you, the excitement was contagious. So I, I, you had to feel good for him, especially for his fans who stuck with and him. It was the uh, it was the Rackley team for their first win too, wasn't it? I would guess, yeah, probably. I think so. I think yeah. so. Yeah. So that's 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 big for not just the Benedetto, but also that team. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, wait, did wait? Hold on. Didn't Timothy Peters win in that twenty-five? I, I can't mm-hmm. remember. I don't know if that was the same team. I don't know. No, Either way, I they think, don't win think, often. <laughs> yeah. Timothy Peters won in a GMS truck, I think. That's what okay. You're about. Now we talked about it a bit, but we can start off here with that caution at the end, because it looked like Brett Holmes had the win. He crossed mm-hmm. the line first. Yeah. By, like, an inch. Like, literally by, like, that like, much. If they wouldn't have thrown a caution, like, they honestly shouldn't have, <laughs> Brett Holmes as the winner. And uh, are we going to talk about that yeah, now? That, we're talking so, about that now. I'm, I'm, okay. I want to know, like, 500 feet from the line at Talladega, well, is a caution they, warranted? What are they going to do? No, so I had gotten some blowback for tweeting that, too. They're like, oh, well, like, you've been tweeting about safety all weekend or, or all all. all all freaking week like like why are you uh you know against this and i'm like dude like they're 500 feet for away from the start finish line do you think just throwing a caution is just automatically you know gonna make them stop coming to the finish line on the final lap i don't think it's gonna make a freaking difference one way or another man i mean like the only thing yeah the only thing it affected was just the the finish obviously too but like do you really think they're just gonna stop on a dime because the caution came out you know 500 feet from the start finish line no I mean, their argument will be is it's to get safety equipment on the track faster. And, you know, they'll say every second counts. And by throwing it at 500 feet early, that's a couple, that's a second or two, you know, that that's, that's time that, you know, if there's a, if there's a large wreck and to be fair, 
they wrecked. There was multiple cars spinning, you know, in the center of the trial, more than 500 feet from the start finish line. So, you know, that then there was kind of a second crash as they were coming up on the start finish line. So I don't know where they kind of threw the caution in between those. Um, I'm going to say it seems consistent. I feel like NASCAR has been throwing cautions on the last lap pretty regularly these days for wrecks, um, unless they happen in the very, very back of the pack and it's one car. Like I think back to, I think it was Chase Elliott, maybe at Daytona a couple of years ago or last year who wrecked pretty bad, but it was just him. And so they left it green. Uh, and maybe it was Talladega. I don't remember. Well, it was a super that, speed that, race that, somewhere. That was the 2020 Daytona 500 because yeah. Chase, Chase crashed. They kept racing and then Newman had his crash. Well, I, that sounds I, right. I think it might be arbitrary with it, but it's it just feels like there's a difference between not throwing a caution when somebody crashes 500 feet past the line and then when literally the leaders are like, you know, a second or two away from the finish line and you throw it. And even then, like, I almost feel like there, there should be or at least could be some kind of rule that maybe it's like everyone ahead of the, the wreck at a certain point maybe could race the end. But then you get into like overtime line rules. Yeah. I just I feel like when, when you have that, you could argue that for those coming into the wreck to try and avoid it and going slower, you could argue that that holds up the safety crew even longer that close to the finish as well, rather than people just yeah. racing for the win. It's and frustrating because it, you're right. Ultimately, and I'm all for safety, but like you said, Darian, that extra one or two seconds there, you know, that 500 feet, that's not making anything safer. Like there really isn't, I don't think it's making a difference. And, but, and Eric, you but are, it's consistent. They, they, like if there was no, if that wasn't the finish of the race, you would expect them to throw the yellow about that quick. By, mm-hmm. by in time, that respect, it's consistent. I, I don't know. I can't be, it's frustrating that Brett Holmes lost the race as a result of that. But I, I, I can't say I like think it was the wrong call. I just, I just think it's a frustrating situation that they wrecked not right at the line. They wrecked in the trial, like a little, like well before the finish line. I don't know. By the, by the time that those safety vehicles could even get to the racing surface, They've done past the line. They're already way past the wrecks pretty much over. Yeah, and Eric, you're right to your earlier um, to your uh, earlier point. I mean, NASCAR is extremely consistent when it comes to throwing a caution on the final lap. But, I mean, you know, I, I totally understand if, you know, if uh, if uh, there's a wreck as soon as they take as soon as they take the white flag yeah. or, like, if something happens, um, you know, on, on the backstretch, uh, on or, the something, backstretch yeah. or something like that. But then, like, I feel like as soon as you pass the uh, – the, um, the pit road entry, I feel like, okay, at that point, just let them cross the line, you know, just let them come to the line full speed there too. You know, I just, I just don't see a difference, you know, I get it. it it's just it. tough. They, they yeah. see a bunch of smoke. They see cars hitting the wall and they're just hit the button. And I kind of like that. I like that. They just hit the button when yeah. they see cars fair, wrecking, but because I, I, I don't know, it's tough. It's annoying that happened in this case, but don't, I don't think it was the wrong call. Don't, don't, don't get us wrong. I saw John Kruger said, we're picking and choosing when it comes to safety on the show, but it's not really that. I mean, it's like more the fact that, you know, it was just that it was the the line is right there. What what is what is the point of throwing a caution? If if they were at the start of the trioval, maybe I mean they threw the caution right when they're already there at the line. So I I to be fair too, I think the truck series has been the one that's either been completely oblivious or been way too trigger happy that, of the three it, series. Sure, that that is I mean, yeah, it's the same series that left a truck sitting up mm. against the wall with two laps to go so I just, that, that is fair as much yeah. as it sucks um looking at it i feel like there 
whether it's over the off season or in the next couple of years, like NASCAR in general, just need to make like clear guidelines on what they're going to do. Like Mm -hmm. so many black and white calls is only just going to lead to fans getting more upset with it. A lot of fans. I mean, I've known it before where people that, that I'll introduce to NASCAR and they won't watch anything much past a finish because they, they see who's won. Cause from what I heard, Fox sports basically like didn't acknowledge that the race had ended under caution until they absolutely Mm -hmm. had to, um, a lot of that, like people that I'll show the races and that kind of stuff happens. They'll ask later why they saw like on the bottom line of sports center. Hey, why is it that they said so-and-so won? He was third at the end of the race. Like th- I think that's where it starts kind of damaging like the credibility of the sport is when the officiating gets in the way of what new fans or fans that are more casual of it, what, what their viewing experience is with, with watching these finishes. Cause it, I mean, it, it'd be like, you know, we're going to keep talking about NFL. It'd be like, you know, at the end of a game when they have everyone run into the locker room and then they have to bring everybody back out, you know, to because, like, they have to have another play or something. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, that's I, what I, normal out of touch, you know, not out of touch, but, like, non-racing it, fans would see it as. I agree. It's just, it's, it's, where do you draw the line? If they wreck at the beginning of the trial, are you not throwing the yellow? Because now you're talking about five or six seconds. Yeah, like that, that's real yeah. time. If someone's actually injured, I, I mean, I would think I, that I, if it's a certain point after the trial, whoever's ahead of the wreck, you know, you just you score them as where they ran past the finish line. I, that's what they do a lot of times when when guys wreck on the last lap. I watched like, the 2012. You're racing to the caution flag at that point. If there's no if there's no cars in between, I could say yes as long as it's yeah. at a certain it's just, point. Not not it's like just in the tough because there's they have a lot to worry about. There's there's a lot. I mean, they have a second to make this call, and if you see a bunch of wrecked cars, I just I, I kind of like the NASCAR just yellow button. You know, if you see a bunch of wrecked cars, hit the button. I don't want them to think about it too hard because then mm. we'll have you know there'll, there'll be times in the in the future where we're like, why was there no call? Why is there? I, I don't know. I I feel like we can move on from this because yeah. you know what happened happened. It was it's. Sad for Brett Holmes because I was on pit road next to a big crowd of, I guess, hometown fans. might have been friends of his, family yeah. of his. And they were hyped when he took the lead. Well, and they were hyped when they thought he crossed the line first. And they were probably very disappointed when they found out he finished second. But, you know, congrats to Matt DeBendit. I mean, it, it's Talladega. It's I'll a game this. of literal inches, you know. I'll say this. None of this would have happened it wasn't for Carson Hosevar. I was yeah. just about Stopping to say on the track. That's that's the one call we can all agree with is him getting penalized for pulling that yeah. move too. And, and that's, and that's I, I the second back, time he's done that in his I, uh, truck series career. I think he did it last year towards at, the end at of the Vegas. Year as well. Yeah, we were yeah. there, Eric. Yeah, he did it last yeah. year at Vegas. Yeah, he did. Like I, because I, I like Carson and we follow. You know, I think he follows pretty much all of us on. on he's a friend the of the show. I would yeah, say comments on on all our channels. Like he, yeah. I'd, and so that's what it sucks about, but it's like, dude, he has, what are you he, doing, bro? That guy has so much potential as a uh, as a NASCAR driver, but unfortunately, he does these bush league moves that I'm like, dude, like I feel like he's way above that. His talent's way above that he too. He does need to he doesn't need to resort to that. I mean, like, I do get his frustration happened. though. Yeah, I do get his frustration because he was leading the freaking pack, and then all of a sudden he has a he has a he has a blown tire, unfortunately, but. I mean, like, look, you can't just like spin out and stuff and just hope for a you know, just, coffin he, there. But. Like, he made it so damn obvious. Too. Yeah. You see the car like, kind of go left and then just. Rah, yeah. Like, I feel like if you're going to do that, at least make it a little bit more discreet. Like, you know, do it more discreetly. Maybe just, but. maybe just be like, okay, I'm going to scrape the wall a little bit here, risk some damage to make it look more real. Like, like God. You know. Now, what his crew chief had said, too, or one of the crew guys, Noah Lewis had tweeted this. He was listening to a scanner. 
like one of them had brought up something that had nothing to do with the wreck. They're like, oh, they can't fix the next gen, but they can penalize us a lot. I'm like, well, well how does that correlate? You know what I'm saying? Like, well, like, what does that have to do? Like, I get you're mad or whatever, but like, come on now, that, that has nothing to do with anything. God, it just shows you that these competitors in the heat of the battle, they lose their heads so easily. They just, yeah. nothing makes sense anymore. Like I now like, you know, we, we were all kind of like, oh, Byron wrecking Hamlin last week at Texas. Maybe it was a little too far. Mm-hmm. Shoot, honestly, at this point, listening to some of these other people on the radio, I'm surprised Byron didn't go out there and, just, just junk Hamlin, hey, you know, the yeah. way these drivers maybe, just maybe, see red in the moment. Maybe Carson's arm was itching. Yeah, I'm so. <laughs> well, speaking of losing their heads, uh, Deegan's crew member, we don't have to go too much into this, but Deegan's crew member lost their damn head. And that was under yeah. green flag and, racing, and, correct? And, yeah, just ran out into the trioval. Sounds like that's not the only thing they lost. Apparently, they, they might have lost their NASCAR hard car. Oh, they, it got revoked, yeah. And they were <laughs> escorted out the, out of the track. I thought I saw something today that suggested they might, it might've just been for that race. He might be reinstated. Um, He might be fired. Job. I don't know. I know some of these pit crews and they are watched like Hawks. You make a big mistake. That could be the end of it. Well, it it sounds like DGR might go for an overall haul, all overhaul altogether. So maybe, maybe that's just going to be a refresh for them anyways. Yeah. Update your resume, but don't include that part. (laughs) (laughs) It's like one of those things is like, what are you bad at? What are your flaws? Well, you see, I work too hard. I chase the tire even when it's running out on the on the racetrack. Hey, I'll tell you what, he was booking it. That man has a good forty yeah. speed. I, I was gonna say, just just say I ran the tire forty in, in whatever seconds. Hey, my forty yard dash time is is stupendous. It's is good. It's like okay, but when are you gonna need that for reasons? <laughs> That's funny. God, well. <laughs> I feel like we got the best out of that. Let's get to the, the a little bit more serious on this one. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that the highlight that everybody really remembers, and it's not a highlight, it's a low light that everyone remembers of the race is Jordan Anderson's truck catching fire uh, through one and two. And then, I mean, this was the craziest thing I think I've ever seen, like of a crash. It's on fire inside. You can see it. And like Jordan takes down the window net and is climbing out while the truck is moving and gets like semi ejected out of the truck when it hits the, the inside wall. Um, I saw some reports, but I didn't see anything necessarily in depth, but that he had second degree burns on like his legs, neck, arms, all, all up and down his body. Um, but I believe he's doing better now and it wasn't life threatening uh, necessarily. I believe he is out of the hospital now. I know he, he, I think he was out of the hospital maybe that night. And then I think he had to go back to the doctors due to some complications, Mm -hmm. but I believe he is out now. I I don't remember what his last statement said, Um, but as bad as that was, yeah, go ahead and check. Um, As bad as that was, like, I can't think of another time in recent history. And since I've been watching the sport that a driver has been halfway out of his car when it's still crashing, Um, but it could have been worse. Like, I, I hate to say that because it was bad and that he, you know, obviously it's rare that you see a fire engulf mm-hmm. an entire vehicle like that and a driver end up being airlifted to a local hospital. But it, it, it sounded like it could have been a whole lot worse. So, you know, obviously still thinking about Jordan, hoping for the best. Well, here's, so back in, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, here's okay. the last update he left on his Twitter account is from two days ago. Uh, thanking everyone for text calls and prayers. Haven't been able to be on my phone, which I don't blame him. Um, but I'm humbled by the overwhelming support. Had to go to the ER last night for some side effects, so heading to the Wake Forest Burn Center tomorrow, which would be mm-hmm. um, which would be yesterday, uh, as of of this going. So on Tuesday, he had to go to the Burn Center. Um, so that's the last update. 
that he has. He's okay. Ended up with second degree burns across his neck, face, right arm, hands, and both knees. Um, and was cleared. Yeah, was cleared that night to leave. Yeah, yeah and, so. and Eric, um, there was a similar crash back in the 1980s in Arca at Daytona. I can't remember the uh, the driver's name, but like he, his car was literally on fire, and then he had to basically like you know like un you know unstrap himself, and then he hit the wall, and then he literally jumped out the car, jumped out of it as it was moving. So I mean, this uh, J, um, Jordan Anderson's was uh, eerily similar. It's just that you know once he hit the wall, it just came to a stop or whatever, and. I know some people on you know on social media were like, damn, like like I mean, isn't that unsafe? Yada yada yada. Well, I mean, like, dude, it's hot in there. Like, like you want to get yeah. the hell out of there, you know? I mean, you typically when all these cars blow up, and Grant, I've never been in a race car that's blown up, but I feel like uh, typically like the fire starts somewhere under the hood, smoke starts getting in the cockpit, but you have at least a couple of seconds to where you're still able to kind of see, you're able to slow down, kind of pull off to the side, start to stop the car before, you know, the fire is in and on you. Whereas in Jordan's case, it looked like just at speed, 190 miles an hour running inside the top 10. It was there. It was everywhere. And you just don't see that very often. So uh, worst case scenario on the track. um, But, you know, glad that, glad that he was able to escape and it wasn't more, wasn't even more serious. That's Mm -hmm. Jordan's a friend of the channel. He's been on my channel many times. He's been on this show a couple of times. He's one of the most, um, outgoing uh, and humble guys in the really any NASCAR garage, really good with the fans, really good with the media. Um, and so, you know, you, you really hate to see something bad like that happen to a good dude who, who uh, means a lot to the community. So hope he, hopefully he's able to make a full recovery. I, I, based on his statements, I, I think and believe that's still possible and not sure when he'll be in a car again, but obviously hope to see Jordan at a racetrack sooner rather than later. I know he said that he'll be healed up in a couple weeks, but I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, if I, oh, I mean, yeah, he does, that was a couple days ago. You just never know. I don't. He, yeah, I don't I, want to make any assumptions. Well, and he runs part times. I mean, if I if I were him, and again, yeah. I'm not a race car driver, but if I were him in that position, you know, put all efforts to 2023. Don't re-injure oh, yeah. yourself at this. I'm not state. even sure if he had another race on his schedule for this year. I know this weekend. I think there are two Jordan Anderson Xfinity cars entered, so maybe he was hoping to race one of them. I think it's Austin Wayne Self maybe in the car mm-hmm. on the entry list. I saw. Um, but no, I think, I think really it's just about getting better, continuing to be a good team owner, grow that team. I know they've got some plans for next year that they're working on. I think they've got some exciting things that mm-hmm. are still kind of under wraps. So I, I just want him to be healthy and ready to be at the track next year to compete as at the very least as an owner. Yeah. Whew. What a weekend. Well, that was a lot. What a, a weekend. <laughs> Man. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember the last time one weekend has, has got us that much through, but Guys, I have a timer here, so just give me. Well, actually, oh, go for it. Never mind. I I, I don't have it here. So you might okay, I got that. you. <laughs> yeah, let me pull everything up. We gotta get to those super chats. Everyone's left. You guys have been really awesome so far. By the way, Darian, someone said yeah. Bobby Darter nineteen daughter nineteen eighty nine Daytona. Yep, yep. There you go. There you yep. go. Yep. Mm-hmm. All um, right, I got the timer. Go ahead and jump into it, Jarrett, whenever you're ready. All right, let me just refresh. I'll wait till you start. I just got to make sure that I got the right ones. I don't want to miss anyone because a lot of people have left a lot tonight. So thank you, guys. I am good to go now. Uh, Groovy Goose, NASCAR at Pocono. We got tape in the fascia, and I, he wanted, and he he also said in the chat he wanted me to read it like that uh, fishing clip. But yeah, I, 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 I knew what references. I could <laughs> I, I could read it like that. You want to just say we got tape in the fascia? We got tape in the fascia. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh man 
Uh, Isaac, thank you for the five, says we'll watch tomorrow. Got lots of schoolwork to do tonight. I couldn't watch it live, but duty calls. Go Willie B. <laughs> duty. Uh, let's see what else we got. John, thank you for the five. Talladega, out of all tracks, was the least chaotic. The first time a playoff driver won this year, and there were only six cautions. I love the race. I agree. I love yeah. it, too. Uh, Antar Das, thank you for the five. Real reason Harvick got the book was because he spoke out. Hamlin shouldn't have backtracked. You must keep pressuring, and it cannot stop no matter what. We'll get to that uh, in a bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Speedway Anywhere, thank you for the five. It amazes me how the new car was supposed to save money, and now they have to retrofit it. Well, yeah. Eventually. Uh, eventually. eventually. <laughs> Steve, thank you for the five. Yet another Eric Jones Talladega heartbreak. Can't take this anymore. It can get worse. Uh, Cody, thank you for the two. Chastain almost won it for us Southwest Floridians. That's right. You live in Florida. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, Calling Hood, thank you for the 50. Damn. Uh, can everyone agree Ow. Chase Elliott was, is, and will always be a Mickey Mouse driver? I cannot, but I thank you for your super chat. Uh-huh. <laughs> where's my money marsh uh steve thank you for the two one bad about tv was lack of non-stop during the breaks i i didn't see that but i was at the track but that would it's called big nbc versus cable they'll always run more commercials on big nbc yeah oh, that is true uh blinks for five no joke deegan needs to step it up soon we'll talk about deegan on a little bit for Boy. a moment our uh, super chats are doing a good job prompting the second half of this show. Yeah, so they really I hope are. they've stuck around. <laughs> Napa Racing Fan 927, thank you for the five. Can we please not remove the Roval from the schedule? I know we love the 600 this year, but there is nothing like the Roval, one of my favorite races. Well, they got to get better in the viewership department. The ratings, yeah. Blinks for another two. Is the Truck Daytona race worth going to? I mean, it's been pretty fun for me just going the second level so the car doesn't flipping the fence right in front of you probably plenty of room to spread out yeah go yeah. for it blake thanks for the five random hot take i bought nascar ignition 21 for 20 bucks on saturday and i've been enjoying playing it i think it's yeah. good and enjoyable but still needs work yeah it, yeah when you buy for that it? i guess a, a lot. lot i guess a lot yeah but when you buy it for only 20 bucks yeah then you know what you're getting so. yeah uh, Gavin, thank you for the five. Enjoyed my trip to Dega. It was cool meeting you, Jared. I also saw Emp Lemon and Eric, but was uh, too nervous to say hi. Ten out of ten weekend. We're gonna make two. Aww. Meet you two at uh, Gavin. Sorry, I can't talk. I see you next time. It's the same way I was uh, when I. Emp met Lemon's a little time. scary in person. I, I want to admit, but even though I'm tall and imposing, I promise you, I'm cuddly like a stuffed animal. No, that's that's not really a right visual. Uh, Debbie, thank you for the five. Did anyone address what Chase said about? Uh, said on the radio about remind me to talk to you about that caution tomorrow. Uh, I didn't hear what he said, but I was at the race. He was talking, I think, wait, who was it he was talking about? Uh, about the last caution, I think. Was it the host of our? No, no, no the Hemrick one. The Hemrick one, yeah. Falling out. Uh, uh, also, that's three minutes. You can do one more if you want. Okay. I'll, I'll end off on Napa Racing Fan 927 for two. Truck finish was dumb. Let them race to the flag. That's what we just, just had a whole debate. That. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Thank you guys for that. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to uh, the rest of the super chats uh, after picks and everything previewing the Roval this weekend. Uh, mm -hmm. But as much as we want to thank 
viewers like you guys for your support. We also have sponsors we want to thank as well, one of which is Lionel Racing, the official diecast of NASCAR. You can order your new 2022 diecast of all your favorite drivers at LionelRacing.com or any Lionel authorized retailer. And don't miss Lionel Racing's NASCAR Authentics diecast at Walmart near you. Now, guys, what do we got today? Whoever wants uh, to I've, I, I'm so lame. It feels like every week these days I'm just doing a Matt Kenseth car. But this was actually uh, very generously given to me by a fan at the racetrack. I believe uh, I'm going to get his name next time. I'm so I really apologize. I believe his name was Jacob, but I may be wrong about that. So I really greatly apologize. I'm not sure he watches the podcast, but either way, this will be popping up in the background of my studio here before too long. So he'll definitely see it then. Uh, I have basically every version of Matt Kenseth's championship car, except this one with the Winston Cup championship logo and the uh, kind of silver top. I don't even know. I don't know why they did it this way. It's unique. It's kind well, of interesting. Well, well that, that was one where they had like a bunch of cars that took the track at the start of race uh, that had been previous champions in the final mm -hmm. like race of Winston. Oh, really? And, and since yeah. he, are, he already had it locked up going into the last race of the season, they went ahead and painted his up like that, too. Yeah, it looks really good. Mm -hmm. I didn't know they made die casts for it, but I, I now I've, I add it to my shelf. <laughs> well, I have a NASCAR Authentics Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Uh, die cast, a 164. Um, I like the clean Kroger look. There's no uh, contingency sponsors. It only says the NASCAR Cup Series on here. Um, but yeah, um, just uh, avoid it uh, out on the uh, on the uh, the racetrack as we saw last weekend. And I've got the Jeff Gordon. This is the one eighteenth scale. This is a heavy boy, as uh, massive as you can see from its size comparison to to my head here beside me. So get the get the bumper cam on this uh, nicely painted Dupont Chevrolet of Jeff Gordon. And then I have the. Uh... Legend of Dega, which was a thing that Amp Energy Juice did when they sponsored uh, the Talladega race with Dale Jr., talking about the curse of Talladega Super Speedway. Uh, this one, as much as uh, I hate that it didn't win and got wrecked, was a really fast machine when it raced. Uh, but what's really cool about these diecasts is in 2010, uh, with a lot, or I'm, I'm assuming most, if not all, of the 164s, because of the mid-season change to the spoiler, all of the ones later in the season still had the wing. Um, so it's not necessarily the exact same car, even though it's like pretty much the same paint scheme. And then the other cool thing is Kmart sponsored Kmart. it. Kmart still existed in 2010. And uh, it's given me Vietnam flashbacks to when I sat in a Kmart parking lot during a storm for one of these podcasts. So mm -hmm. season one, I yeah. remember that, but thank you to Lionel for your continuous support of the show. And now Darian, and now, there's a storm of brewing. It's a storm. It's a brewing. It's a coming. It's a, it's the lightning round on the NASCAR weekly podcast. Jared, go over the news topics. Good Lord, man. You got struck by lightning like <laughs> a lot. I survived. <laughs> I survived, survived to tell survived. the tale. Uh, well, we got a, a pretty quick lightning round here tonight. Uh, Ream has signed back on with Christopher Bell for the 2023 season, so that's pretty big for them. Connor Daly will be making his NASCAR Cup Series debut with a money team at the Roval this weekend, so reported by Jeff Gluck. Uh, Darian talked about this in a video earlier this week. Good Morning America had the absolute worst NASCAR segment on safety. Apparently, Jordan Anderson turned into Myatt Snyder. Uh, so that's 
something so I, bad. I, I, I just gotta say they messed that up and they still actually showed a picture of jordan anderson being loaded up onto the helicopter and they couldn't tell they used the wrong person and then they had jesse wuji talk about the next gen like uh, jesse wuji awesome guy pretty pretty i think he's gonna be a very good xfinity series car owner but why do you, did you need him to talk about the next gen? Then I have no clue who that lady was that they brought in as like a she, motorsports expert. No, no, no. She's, um, I think her name is, oh, I, I said it in my video. She's a very accomplished sports reporter, though. She's been covering like Washington sports since the 1980s. So, but like, but yeah, I don't know why. With yeah, I don't. She's only like, she's only like written like a handful of articles in the past about Danica Patrick before. But like, that's it. You know, I don't know why they needed her Good try. expertise. Good try. <laughs> Well, looking at some other more positive things, uh, USAC Quarter Midget Series will now be rebranded into the NASCAR Youth Series. Mm -hmm. uh, in this, USAC will still run the series, but NASCAR will have all of the branding rights to it. Um, other news that people at the track will want to know about, Marcus Smith has vowed to offer free parking to all merch haulers, as Brad Keselowski has said that if this happens, he and others would like to bring back their team and driver merch haulers again to the track, whereas yeah. now there's about maybe 8 to 12 any given weekend at the track. Uh, they want to bring more of those back, which I'm cool I, with. I, yeah. I, just, I yeah. just remember the glory days of walking up and seeing Paul Menard had his own merch hauler. Hey, who remembers the merch tents? <laughs> they, they, well, they I, had I, something I, similar to that this weekend at Dega. Oh, did they? Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't see that. I, I, honestly, I, I do miss the merch tents. I think it was a better shopping experience because every driver got their own unique area. Mm -hmm. it, 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 that in that way, yes. But it was so many people ran out stealing merchandise from those things. <laughs> they had like how, one how, guard how, the whole time. How? how you had to walk right by them though. Yeah, but if you if you're able to run, most of these guys they had as as their guards like they they guard with size, not speed. Uh, to say the least, I saw like the dude at Michigan. This kid just ran out with a bunch of uh, Logano stuff. I was like, "Dude, it's Joey Logano stuff. Like, you don't need to steal that." Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I'm just, I'm joking. I was I was a, a Logano hater back then. Uh, two more things here before we we end out this lightning round tonight. Haley Deegan has announced that she'll be making her first NASCAR Xfinity Series start at Las Vegas Motor Speedway later this year, and DGR is rumored to be switching over to Toyota, according to Bob Pachris. Mm. So there was actually, uh, this came on late, but racer.com Kelly Crandall reported that it is happening. It is um, oh, earlier this that. afternoon. So, uh, yeah, that ties into Deegan not having 2023 mm. plans because now her yeah. Ford ride is switching to Toyota. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. And also one final thing too, new Samurda is, uh, canceling the rest of their racing season because of hurricane Irene too. Yeah. If you so. saw, uh, New Smyrna got completely flooded to the yeah. walls. Like, it's yeah. just a lake. It's sad. Yeah. You, that's, that's a shame. You, you met Ian. I think Irene was a few years ago. Or, I, or wait, what did I say? It's did a I hurricane. It's, yeah, a hurricane. It's what are the storms? Hurricane I-22. Yeah, there you go. But, yeah. And that'll do it for this edition of the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. This is lightning round. And now, back to the show. We've got a few more topics to cover before we discuss our Roval picks, but first we have to thank our other sponsor, Forney Industries. Get it done with green. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, 
metalworking accessories, and more uh, for do-it-yourselfers all the way up to professional metalworkers. Forney has everything you need for your next project. So be sure to shop all of their top-of-the-line products at ForneyEnd.com. Just checking. Yes, that link is in the description down below. Uh, or look for their green Forney logo. It's right there above Darian's head, although it's not green. It's, that's the white version. But yeah, keep an eye out for Forney stuff at an authorized dealer near you. Um, but yeah, Jared, what do we have up next? Well, we have something that uh, I think you Ooh, were actually, first hand one, for some one of note. it. I do want to make uh, uh, one comment because I see Douglas has commented in the chat. Guess where I visited today or this weekend? Hmm. Forney, Texas. Drove oh, right through it. I had nice. no idea. I knew it existed. I didn't know where it was on the map. There was a big sign. They had a nice like display with some flags and stuff in front. I That's Forney, Texas. I pulled over, got some gas, got me a Milky Way candy bar from, I don't remember, like a shell station of some sort. Hmm. I, I patronized the great city, the great town of Forney, Texas this weekend. Just wanted to let the chat know since they always mention that's, it. That's too bad um, they don't have a Bucky's in Forney, Texas. Yeah, gosh, yeah. that would be cool. That would, that would that would be so much commerce to that that economy. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. such a big thing. Uh, but no, sorry, go ahead, Jerry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, I just all wanted good. to mention that. All good. You go above and beyond for for the ad reads to go literally to the place. Um, <laughs> to the source. So looking, once again, NASCAR drivers are talking about safety here. Um, and I think a lot of this is in light of Bowman being out with the concussion, he is one of three drivers this weekend, along with, of course, Kurt Busch and now Cody Ware sitting out due to injury uh, for the Roval. And uh, earlier in the weekend, a lot of drivers had some choice words. Now, I, I have it a little lower where I wrote it down here, but I want to start all this with what happened earlier in the day or the night before. Depend, I don't know when exactly it was, but Jeff Burton, um, the mayor, met with the drivers before their statements uh, that they put out this weekend and actually told them to stop putting it into the media and use correct and proper avenues in NASCAR instead of using the media to get your point across. Um, what's, what's okay. Correct? I mean, I just, look, uh, didn't they do that and then they just wouldn't listen to them? I, I don't see. I, I'm not even thinking that part. I have a problem when people in the media are trying to tell drivers what to say. Yeah, Dan, that's another Jeff Burton's point. Burton's in a weird spot because he's the head of the drivers yeah, advisory council. Yeah. So he's supposed supposed to be that gap between the drivers and NASCAR. This is sounds like an instance where he was kind of playing the NASCAR side, wearing the NASCAR hat a little bit more and saying, Hey guys, we know what you're talking about. We're working on some fixes. Bring your ideas and suggestions and criticism to us. But now, don't call for Steve Phelps to be fired uh, into the, when talking to the media, like Denny Hamlin inadvertently did on mm. Saturday. I, so, I, I no, yeah, I agree. It's it's a weird look. Um, I do think if there's an ability to be constructed behind the scenes, that should always be pursued first in this case. Um, because, uh, yeah, I don't. Know, I just think you should. I, I think it's it's not good to air the dirty laundry out publicly the, unless uh, you you feel like you're just not I, being listened to, which I think is really what happened here. I, I, I just felt like they weren't being listened to. I say this with all the respect to all of us because we're, we're we're content creators, and if a driver says something juicy like you know what Hamlin said, uh, NASCAR needs new leadership. You can take that and spin that a million ways, and we're all guilty of doing that at times. So, well, in, a, in, a, in a way, I see what he's saying. You got to be careful what you say and who you say it to. Well, it's just the problem is Hamlin said we need new leadership. We've had bad leadership. Didn't offer any other specifics. Didn't offer anything constructive other than we need new leadership. And then the very next day, he's like, "Oh, well, not Steve Phelps. I didn't mean Steve Phelps. I meant you know well, somebody that was, else." That was so after just, Burton talked to him, though. I think so. It's just there's no, it there's. Was. 
Well, I thought Burton spoke on he's, he's, like earlier in the week, but maybe it yeah, was Saturday. So I don't he, know. He spoke to them either that morning before they said it or like the night before, whatever. But yeah, like it was all before. Timelines are odd. Either way, if you're going to air your dirty laundry, air your grievances publicly, I like what Rodney Childers has been able to do more often than not the last couple of weeks where he's been more constructive. He says, hey, it would help if the teams could work on these parts. That would help alleviate this issue with this. And that's good. Make that public. Get fans ta- talking about that. But if you are just going to say, hey, we need new leadership. Our current leadership's bad. Uh, that isn't constructive. So I think uh, it, it would be constructive if NASCAR wasn't already working on fixes behind the scenes. You know what well, I'm saying? Like I, if NASCAR was just completely same, writing this at, whole thing off. At the off. same time, those suits aren't the ones who could get killed by this. Like these are the drivers. Yeah, but what are they going to do? Approve something faster? They're going to fix the car next week? I mean, week? they like, could cut corners like they have for the last two years. But do we want them to do that? We don't but want them to do that. I'm just, what I'm saying is, is like, if I'm a driver, I'm not going to shut up because I don't feel like, like Hamlin said, my brain turning to mush. That's like, totally fine. I, that's why I, I'm fine with the driver speaking out. I just prefer when they are constructive and they're not just offering well, quippy sound bites. But from what, like, I think Elliot Sadler had said on Twitter that like, everyone in the media and fans are just catching up. This has been going on for well over a year where NASCAR won't listen to what the drivers say. Yeah. And I think it, it gets to a point where, yeah, it's, it's not constructive, but if drivers are ignored to this point, like why, why should they think that being constructive now will help them when being constructive for the last two years hasn't like, well, what's they've the been constructive now? behind the scenes. I'm okay with them going public. I just prefer when it's, there's, you know, a potential solution they're working towards, as opposed to just in the case of Hamlin, the beginning of the weekend, just calling on, you know, not elaborating, just saying we need new leadership. It's like, that's, that's okay. That's fine. I guess that's, that's constructive, but that's not going to fix everything. That's just going to slow things down. If you bring in a whole new team of leadership, like let's, let's get, let's get practical that he knows that's not practical. So that's, that's my only issue uh, with it. I, I don't have an issue with them going public if they don't feel listened to. I just prefer, you know, constructive criticism, but I also, don't like Jeff Burton, who's supposed to be sort of a, an impartial media member in this respect. He's supposed to sort of toe that line between the drivers and NASCAR. I don't really like him wearing the NASCAR hat so heavily in this case and trying to corral the drivers into doing something that you know yeah. the brand would prefer them it, to do. It obviously didn't work. <laughs> well, no, yeah, not no. this weekend at least. Yeah. And well, I'm looking at some of the other guys who had had brought up a lot about it. Um, Chase Elliott, who has routinely been somebody who keeps his opinions on this kind of stuff to himself, had even said uh, that he's blown away that safety has regressed and sees it super surprising that we've allowed it to happen this far. Um, yeah. You know, Denny Hamlin said the car should be redesigned. I believe Justin Marks, even though he wasn't going as far as Hamlin, said a next-gen 2.0 is necessary. Uh, mm. the, the interesting one is Ross Chastain, mm. in my opinion. Saying, he said a whole lot of nothing. Well, but saying that Denny Hamlin doesn't speak for all, for us all. Yeah, and, and then like, he went well, on okay. to say, yeah. then he went on to say, you know, I have my opinions, and sometimes saying nothing speaks just as loudly. And I and I like what the what does that mean? Well, I, <laughs> I don't I, know what I, you think. Yeah, I, I feel like Chastain took a minute to let their personal issues come out in that. Yeah, yeah I or, think he was just annoying maybe, that the question or, was about Hamlin. Or maybe know. maybe he's trying to put on the uh, the old NASCAR cap too to an extent. Maybe well, to be fair, know. Justin Marks earlier in the week was getting ripped on by drivers for taking too much of a towing mm-hmm. the line stance, and then one of his drivers right after takes a very similar stance. I I, I feel like that's more just, you know, you see in Trackhouse, we're all in for the team. Well, and, and this we're still are too, I think. In a in a way, I get it. They're still such a new team; they don't want to step on NASCAR's toes. But 
but also too, don't forget uh, Brendan Gaunt's comments too on Sirius XM Radio. He was his, like, his he's like, I don't, there. he's like, I don't think these, I don't think these cars hit as hard as uh, as uh, you know the old cars did back in the '90s um, against hard wall. Yeah. Hey, yeah, your your brain is only scrambled, not completely lights out. God. Buck up, yeah. bucko. Jeez, <laughs> like man. so, I, I'll say this, and I think ha- uh, Hamlin talked about it a little bit, but Chase Elliott got into it a little bit more. I think he brings up the more important question: is NASCAR for the past couple of years, as they were developing this car, they had certain numbers that they were looking at. And they've talked about them before, and I don't know what they call it explicitly, but you know, the they have their ways of measuring the forces drivers have been feeling on impact, or that the cars experience on impact, and they you know judge you know hey, how fast were they going, what was the angle, like how head on did they hit the wall they have all sorts of things they've calculated and every number i guess i guess every number for the most part that they've calculated over the past couple years designed this car has told them that the car crash is fine or that the hits aren't as bad as the drivers have been saying they've been now the drivers going all the way back to probably william byron's crash and testing two years ago have been at least voicing some concerns about hey this car felt like it's a little stiffer it hits a little harder nascar then looks at the numbers and says well wait our numbers are saying that it doesn't so there's been a disconnect there how did that happen how did what the numbers NASCAR relying on end up not lining up with what the drivers are experiencing well, this differently? Like, how is that so disconnected? That's well, the real didn't, problem. Didn't they, didn't they do a lot of simulator testing? Um, Which is why, than, so there's an issue with their simulator. Exactly. Yeah. Like that's, that's maybe where it is. It's like, damn, you got to scrap all the computer numbers you guys have been using because clearly they aren't right. I mean, simu- I mean, the simulation stuff, I get it. Like, I mean, it, you know, it's a way to sort of, you know, save some money on like test costs and all that stuff. But like at the same time, it doesn't compare to the real thing, though. It's actually getting out so, there, yeah. getting real actual data. You know, a lot, and some of it was COVID restraints. They had a hard time scheduling. Yeah, real some crash of that tests. stuff. Some of that stuff's understandable too. But yeah. then, yeah, I mean, you know, like, yeah, I get. You know, like there was a bunch I'm of not, other stuff. I'm not excusing know. them. I'm literally just mm-hmm. saying, like, that is the problem. How did yeah. they? How did their simulation? How did their numbers end up so far off from reality? <laughs> it appears. Mm-hmm. You know, how did that happen? And how do we prevent that from happening again? cutting corners to get it out faster I yeah mean, that seems that, to that because remember like. remember didn't they delay it a year because they, of covid and stuff? yes they yeah. delayed it a year and then even like even during testing like and in, going into the winter and through the winter like they didn't have all the parts ready to go or all the parts like completely decided on remember like the 670 package <laughs> thing was a last minute deal but you know, our last minute deal pretty much the final the like 10 percent mm-hmm. of this and that 10% makes a huge ass difference, it seems. But you know, it might have been a blessing in disguise that it got delayed a year because imagine if what it came out like in 2021 with all the issues it well, has now. Like, I mean, I mean if it came it, out in, in 2021, it would only have been if there wasn't 2020 that happened. Yeah, so we'd, yeah. we'd be dealing with the same stuff just a year well, earlier. Perhaps they did remember make some changes to the front rear clips uh, during the off season, right? Like the last few months before this car hit the track, they did make a few small modifications to try and cushion the impacts a little bit more. So I, that's what I mean. I think they've been aware of this issue. I just think perhaps NASCAR hasn't fully comprehended the severity of it because again, their numbers are showing them good stuff. Drivers during testing are saying, Hey, this car hurts more when it hits. So okay, but our numbers don't say that, but okay, just to be safe, we'll add the, we'll make these couple of modifications and we'll start the season. We got to get this car out. And you definitely, we don't, we can't delay it another year. The teams won't let us delay it another year. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's, that's, that's probably what happened, but to say NASCAR is just not listen to them at all for two years. I, I don't think that's true either. Have they been as quick to respond as the drivers would like? No, some of that's just because it's now everything's owned by NASCAR. The teams aren't able to, you know, work the extra hours themselves and fix the cars themselves. They have to wait for an approval process. NASCAR has to okay things with all the vendors, with all the teams. It's just slower now. So 
issues take longer to be, to be solved. And I think that's why drivers are getting more so, frustrated. So then how do we, how moving forward do they fix that? Because if, no if somebody in their 20s, like Alex Bowman, who is somebody who honestly at this age should not be getting concussions from what, from what both inside and visually was a mild hit, should not be getting injuries like that. Like a slower process to fix that over time, a slower process to update these things it's just going to lead to more drivers getting hurt like this and ultimately shorter careers, which NASCAR yeah. at this point cannot afford. No, I wholeheartedly agree with, on that point. I think, I mean, they have a crash test that I think is happening tomorrow, maybe mm -hmm. in Ohio um, start there. It sounds like they're based on things we've heard Andy Petrie say, um, who was it? Uh, I think it was Greg Ives. I heard talking about it this weekend. There's a, several in the garage. We're talking about, you know, there are some potential edits and fixes coming down the pipeline that might be ready to be implemented before 2023. Will they be enough? Will they affect the racing? Will they be expensive? Who's going to pay for it? I don't know if everyone knows those answers yet, but there's some progress being made slowly but surely. We'll just have to wait and see what the end result is. Yeah, well, somebody who, uh, who's been very vocal uh, is not having a great week so far, and that is Kevin Harvick. Uh, Kevin Harvick has been penalized 100 driver points. Stuart Haas Racing has been penalized 100 owner points for parts modifications. I think we talked about earlier was the deck lid. Rodney Childers has been suspended the next four races. And I think where uh, a lot of the conspiratorial talk comes in was, yes, Harvick said, said I think, I forgot what exactly Harvick Seems said. Seems strange. Seems strange. Okay, so it was that. But Childers put right after shocker um i mean he's out of the playoffs he's pretty much guaranteed to finish 16th and i believe this will be the first time since 2009 that kevin harvick hasn't been top 10 in points wow but it 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 does line up weird i will say that like it does not look good for nascar even if that's not their intention yeah the timing of it is definitely like you know definitely questionable for nascar fans too i saw a lot of the conspiracy theorists on twitter but again you know Go back, you know, it goes back to, you know, what NASCAR said at the very beginning of 2022. Do not mess with anything on these next gens or there are going to be severe penalties. And this is just another case of that. Well, yeah. I was looking to see if I was looking to see if they'd appealed it yet. And the first thing I see when I open Twitter is Denny Hamlin dressed as Olaf from Frozen. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to assume they haven't appealed it. So that's my issue. Yeah, I don't believe. So the, it sounds like the issue is they modified a single source part. In this case, it sounds like the, the deck lid, mm -hmm. a body modification. A few reported that it was an aerodynamic sensitive part of the, of the car. So if they modified that, NASCAR found it, and that's actually what they did, then yeah, they broke the rules and the penalty is 100% justified. I don't like Harvick and Childers putting out these cryptic, vague accusations against NASCAR that they're picking on them, that they're singling them out because they've been outspoken against the next gen car. This is like a like a new version of you know actions detrimental to stock car racing. If you truly believe that you're being picked on, that you didn't break the rules, come out and say it. You've been outspoken yeah. the last few weeks. What's stopping you now? Appeal the penalty. It's it's been like six hours. They haven't appealed the penalty. Yeah, I don't think there's really anything else. I mean, it's just I I mean, is NASCAR a little upset that they're you know they're going public with you know the next gen concerns? Yeah, probably. But I mean, like at the end of the day, they still rules are rules. They broke them, and then you got to pay the consequences. Unfortunately, it is what it is. And and you know they've hit Keselowski with the same penalty, yeah. Dow with the exact same penalty. So this isn't the first time we've seen an L two penalty for modifying all Fords, by the way. But you know, no, that, that maybe is a different discussion. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. I will say though that 
you know, Kevin Harvick at this point, like at least he had something to race for. Um, yeah. No matter what it is at this point, whatever Harvick believes it is, I don't think Harvick's going to stop saying any of this stuff. I think that now all we have is a pissed off scorched earth Harvick who is going to be probably really spicy these last five weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I did see, uh, I, put, I put it away. He did tweet something about, he's just, he's having a good night tonight. Apparently he's camping with his kids, I believe. So he's a, uh, no, no problems. No problems here. Harvick is happy Harvick tonight. He's let all these troubles float away, at least for the time being. So <laughs> until he gets to the track and gets all the media yeah. in his face, then mm-hmm. it's until he shows up fun. and it's not Rodney yeah. Childers on his pit box. And he's like, mm-hmm. Oh shit, geez. Okay. <laughs> All right, time to be 2002 Harvick. Oh, uh, for what's worth, Steve Phelps did say that it's, I, I didn't remember his exact words, but he, he called it like ridiculous or absurd that NASCAR has any sort of vendetta against Harvick and that the, the penalty from he can tell, from what he can tell is correct, like was correctly yeah. determined. Well, I mean, to be fair, he's never going to be like, of course we're against Harvick, man. Yeah, of course we are. I know, but you know, he didn't say no comment. He he, yeah. he made a strong rebuttal, I suppose, to the uh, you know conspiracy theorists out there. I don't know. I mean, it's better than the guy from before. Uh, but I mean, that pretty much covers for most part. Did I curse? Someone said in the chat I cursed. I don't I didn't did think I? you did. I didn't think I did, but everyone in the did chat. You, said, uh, no, did maybe you say we're like so damn or something? I don't know. I don't maybe know. I did. Yeah, I honestly. Yeah, at, at this point, it just slips out for me, so I don't know. Yeah, I honestly. <laughs> Yeah, this is my yeah. outlet. I don't curse on my show ever. I don't curse that much in real life. When I get on this show, it's like, yeah, shit don't bring out. <laughs> what was that? I was about don't to say out... shit. Shit happens, guys. Come on, <laughs> y'all bring out the worst to me. You're bad influence. I blame the chat. I blame the chat for pulling ahead in the points. The further ahead in the points you guys get each week, the the more mm-hmm. crass I'm gonna be. Oh, great! He's gonna turn into our version of Kevin Harvick. <laughs> Eric comes on here and he gets out of his own groove. Yeah. Oh, literally. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, one last story before we get to the Roval this weekend. Uh, AJ Allmendinger going full time for Cup in 2023 with Colleague Racing and Colleague having some pretty big waves. And no. congrats. Uh, AJ Allmendinger has uh, clinched a 2023 I'll, playoff spot. Good, good for him. Good I'll, for him. I'll preface this uh, Allmendinger will be 41 by the time they start next season. Uh, he'll be in a 16 car that's run pretty well with no, uh, numerous different drivers, including himself. Uh, so going into it, how do you see AJ performing next year? Do you think he makes the playoffs? Yes. Yeah. Dude, how many road courses, how many road courses do we have on the schedule currently? Five, Five in the regular six. season. Yeah. So he's good. He's bound to win, to win at least one of those next year. Well, I, I don't want to say that because he was in a position to win. Coda, but then ultimately things happen. He didn't, so he's not one this year. I don't want to say yes, he will win next year. I, we can't he, we can't say that? He's running full time next year, though. More opportunities, more time to prep. He's you know, been in every road course race this year. Hasn't that he? is true. Yeah. But yeah. He, 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 I'm trying to look. If he finished second, I can't remember where. Was it Watkins Glen? Where did he finish second this year? Because he was up front, would have finished first or second at, Co- at a Coda, and then he finished second at Watkins Glen and seventh at the Indy Road Course and ninth at Road America. So he's been around the top five, top 10, the lead at every road course. He, he also finished seventh at Bristol this year, just a few weeks ago. Good for him. Mm-hmm. So look, he's starting to improve on the, uh, some of these oval I, tracks too. I'll, I'll say he's got the veteran status and the ability to make it happen. Uh, I just don't know if Collar's cup equipment is quite all the way there. It, it, it'll just, 
he'll have to pick up a win at one of those uh, road courses or super speedways. I feel like I agree. Uh, I I'll push back a little on that. He is a very underrated Martinsville driver. He's, he's finished, good at the short tracks. He's finished second at Martinsville multiple times, and so you add that in as well as the fact that th- that this team ran exceptionally well with Noah Gregson at Michigan. So there's you can say that if this team improves, they can run pretty well at the intermediates. And you have a driver in AJ Allmendinger who is the most confident in his NASCAR career ever because he finally yeah. has a place he actually belongs. Like, yeah, I'll be real. If he's he won makes, a bunch of races. He's won a bunch of races, and I'll be real. If he makes the playoffs, gets past that first round with a super speedway and a road course in that second round, it's not unrealistic that he makes a round of eight. Mm-hmm. And then with you Martin just asked Hill, if he'll make the playoffs. It, I'm not ready to pick him as a round of no, eight. No, I'm not saying I'm not, I'm, <laughs> I'm not saying he will. I'm saying it's not unlikely with those two race tracks. I in, guess in that round. I mean, sure. real, he's See, owned the Roval and in, in a I, lot of his races yeah. in a season that we've seen 19 different winners this year. I don't want to say he's guaranteed to make the playoffs. I think it is likely he could get a win next year. I will say that. I don't want to say it's like I don't want to say it's guaranteed he will make the playoffs. Well, I I think what we have this year might like might be proven wrong, but I think we have an anomaly in winners this year. I mean, not, we're not going to have twenty winners every year. I don't Probably even think we we'll have fifteen winners every year. Like naturally, mm-hmm. the better teams will get out ahead, and then you have the stragglers that get. I I, I will say like, Collig was smart to do what they did this year. They had three drivers essentially try out for the team, and I think. You know, if they they had the idea of Gregson, but I don't think he gave what they were looking for. And I think that's ultimately why he landed a deal with the 42 when it became available. And, you know, I think they've had the most consistency this season with A.J. Allmendinger. So it makes sense. He's a, probably honestly going to finish his career at college. I don't see him going anywhere else. And it, it makes sense for uh, him to go to this opportunity again. And so also, too, I, I feel like he's been... He'd been robbed of, you know, a few years of his of his cup career that he could have had, but you know, ultimately had to had to earn it back in the Xfinity series. He's done a good job of doing that. Mm-hmm. Eric? Yeah. I, I think I lost my train of thought. Go ahead, Darian. I'll come back. Come oh, back I'll say, I'm sorry. Well, I was just about to say, look, when you look at that team as a whole, though, not just Cup, but in Xfinity too, they're making some moves. Well, right? yeah, they got Chandler yeah. Smith uh mm-hmm. in that but, Xfinity car now. Yeah. Got Chandler. Yeah. Chandler Smith, I've been on, dude, I have been on the Chandler Smith hype train since 2018 when he was in ARCA, the first year of my channel. I was like, yes, this kid is the real deal. And also, too, um, when you add more context into uh, his uh, his uh, decision, um, uh, he had an opportunity to go to Joe Gibbs Racing in the Xfinity Series for next season, but he opted yeah. to go for Colleague. Yeah, that was reported earlier today as well. So I was, like, I, whoa. I was like, whoa, I was like, whoa, that was interesting, too. And I'm like, well... Maybe uh, in this case, in this situation here, he will get you know be he will be the priority guy for colleagues' Xfinity well, when, series. When you look, I mean, at the way that the Toyota race and development tree and Joe Gibbs Racing is done with it, it's basically just a giant meat grinder. You don't do well, yeah. you get spit out the other it's, end, and you're screwed. It's, it's basically like F1's Red Bull team and their and their uh, and their uh, driver uh, academy as well. So you just like yeah, you don't good do good right away goodbye you i think you don't have any money goodbye that's what i think that's what it must be is he the atmosphere at toyota in many ways has become toxic it's a little too ruthless a little too cutthroat hell they cut eric jones three or four years after joe gibbs told his dying father that he was going to take care of him 
Like, like they, when business oh, comes to business, that's right. I'm just oh. saying, when business, it's a business and it's tough. You got to make tough decisions. And Toyota doesn't have a lot of seats in the Wait. Cup Series, and they don't have a lot of seats in the Xfinity Series. And Wait, so he actually he actually told him that though. That was a little harsh. There is. Oh, it's a little harsh way of putting it, but you know, I'm not blaming Joe Gibbs. It was a tough spot. Like, I don't know who I would have picked between Bell and Eric Jones, but the point is Toyota. It is kind of ruthless for his colleague. It's a family. We all talk about all the time. Those drivers look like they'd be best men in each other's weddings. You, you got, know, yeah. you got the old business boomer mindset and now you have the current millennial mindset of teams and you can see where the younger drivers are, would rather be if they had the but choice. I'll, yeah. But I'll, I, I just think, that must be what it is because right now seems like the best time to be a Toyota prospect because there's nobody in the Xfinity series. Brandon Jones and Ty Gibbs are leaving. There's a seat there. He had an opportunity. And you look at the cup series. I know there's only six Toyota cars in the cup series, but Truex is on his way out year, two years. He's probably on his way out. If I had to guess Hamlin, give it three, four, five years, maybe I'm not sure. But I feel like there are opportunities coming soon in the Cup Series at Joe Gibbs Racing. So now is the time to be a top Toyota well, prospect. But Chandler Smith chose to go to Chevrolet. And that I think that speaks soon. to just either colleague is that great of a culture. He's really that bought into their future. And then, as he says, becoming a powerhouse in Cup. Or, or it looks really bad on GGR well, and Toyota. I don't I'll know. tell you who... I think one out the most, if you're asking about this Toyota and JGR tree, is Sammy Smith. Dude's shown mm-hmm. flashes in the Xfinity when he gets uh, chances. He's been in the top five running for wins. And now you have open rides, nobody really to compete with for the most part, plenty of, of cup available rides in the coming years. So it's like if you're looking at someone who probably could win out on this as long as he keeps his performance up, it, it would be him. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they get sponsorship if he's in the 18 next year. And also, too, I mean, like, so how many, like, they have two full-time uh, Joe Gibbs racing cars in Xfinity, correct? Like 19 two, three? and 54, and then they have okay. the 18 is, like, the, you know. So now, I mean, like, now that Smith's, oh, go, go ahead, Dan. I was like, theoretically, they've got the 20 number, they could still do mm-hmm. some of that. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean, like, yeah, Sammy Smith's the only guy that comes to mind. I mean, now Toyota, they can just, like, they can officially begin the rebuild now. Let's rebuild for the future. Now, unfortunately, I thought Chandler Smith was uh, going to be a part of that process. I did a video on that a month ago, but uh, now that doesn't seem to be the case now. So, uh, but yeah, I, I feel like he went to colleague just, um, I mean, obviously, you know, um, most importantly, because not only are they a, um, a, a very good team performance wise, but yeah, Eric, to your earlier point, the culture over there is pretty damn good. Yeah. If you get that, you, you did get that not re- make that reference. <laughs> no, but in this case, it's for real, actually. The culture is actually for real good over here, uh, unlike some other organizations. If you, you get, if you know, you know. The name you redacted. Know. Yeah. <laughs> if you know, you know, man. Sensitivity training. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it's going to be really interesting to see the Xfinity Series next year with no Ty Gibbs, no Noah Gregson, and no AJ Allmendinger for all but probably five races. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's going to be kind of like that time right after we lost, you know, the the big three, Reddick, Custer, and Briscoe. Or, no, no, not Briscoe. Yeah, yeah, it was Briscoe. No, Bell. Bell. Briscoe dominated after they all left. Well, and I think with with all these, you know, guys leaving, I'm not worried at all about Xfinity competition because I think if you look at that history of how, you know, after these big names or guys that dominate when they leave, 
somebody always fills the vacuum and takes that next step developmentally. It's happened for the, the history yeah. of the Xfinity series. So I'm excited. There's going to be a lot of new faces in the top two series next year. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be but, really interesting to see. But I do know one thing based on the social media reaction, like nobody feels bad for Toyota at all. Like ever since Kyle Busch left and stuff. And like ever since, you know, they haven't been as good this year, not a single soul goes bad for them at well, all. Like that. Yeah. They got Tyler Reddick. Let's remember that Toyota mm-hmm. at the beginning of all this, they did snatch a top driver and get him in their camp. Now, yeah. since then, they've lost a lot, or they've lost a good <laughs> handful of big names, but they did get one. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. The score is, I don't know where the score is exactly, but it's, yeah. It's, it's definitely rebuild time. Though. All I'm going to say is I got a meme after the podcast I'm tweeting out, and it has something <laughs> to do with this. But we'll leave it at that. Uh, man, this is a busy week, and we got an even yeah. busier weekend coming up with the Charlotte Roval. So, guys, you want you want to jump on into that? Let's have some fun with this. Yes, let's do it. All right. Go ahead. So, and by the way, thank you uh, thank you, everybody in the chat and everyone watching. Still over 500. You guys are badasses. Lick that like button, and uh, let's get right into the Roval weekend. Starting off at the Xfinity race, the drive for the Cure 250. 67 laps starting at 3 p.m. Eastern time on NBC and PRN. That is big NBC for the Xfinity series. Uh, weather looking pretty good, 70 degrees, partly sunny, and only 11% chance of rain, but who cares? We got rain tires. Who cares? Defending winner of this race, A.J. Allmendinger. Then we go to the cup race. The Bank of America Roval 400, 109 laps. Starts at 2 p.m. Eastern time on Big NBC and PRN, and it's looking like it's going to be 71, mostly sunny, and only a 7% chance of rain. Last year's Defend, like the defending winner, last year's winner, Kyle Larson. And we're going to hear that a lot towards the end of the year. I'm just letting you know now. Kyle Larson, defending winner. Darian, who we got as our favorites and uh, underdogs and everything in between when it comes to the betting odds this week? Ah, uh, yes. It's about that time for the Darian's betting odds on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. The favorites, uh, shocker, Chase Elliott enters this weekend as the odds on favorite at plus 500. To win the race, Tyler Reddick plus 600, Kyle Larson plus 800, Denny Hamlin and A.J. Allmendinger plus 1,200 apiece. Best of the rest is William Byron at plus 1,200, Joey Logano, Daniel Suarez, Christopher Bell, and Austin Sendrick all plus 1,500. As for the underdogs, Kyle Busch plus 3,000. So weird to have Kyle Busch as an underdog, but it's been that kind of season. So, But again, Kyle Busch plus 3,000, as well as Michael McDowell. Um, Eric Jones plus 5,000 as well as Brad Keselowski and finally Ty Gibbs is plus 10,000 and before we uh, wow. move on to pick points um, the NWP fantasy overall standings um, it looks like Trevor Sports 98 is uh, starting to get a bit of a cushion too he has well over 100 points over 48 nation uh, in third is Toyota Tough fourth is Jets 48 and rounding out the top five in the overall standings is RPG Racing 2 as for the playoffs though uh, Adam Cub Racing uh, is currently um, uh, first over Trevor Sports 98 followed by Larson Fan 5 Danny B. Wife in fourth, and McCaffrey Motorsports is in fifth. Or, or, or wait, is that McCaffrey or, uh, or no? Mahaffrey, or no, Mahaffrey Motorsport. There you go. He's in P5. MM, thank you. Danny B. Wife, good job. Yeah. Good job, wife. And then the (laughs) pick points. I've seen people asking about the pick points. No, let's not talk about the pick points. No, 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 we got to. Dude, you love talking about the pick points all season. Anyway. Here's Keep what that we same got. energy, Eric. Here's what we got. The chat 
is leading at 523, and their lead now is nine points over the man right below me. In third is the man that's uh, diagonal from me, somewhere down there, Danny. He is minus 63. The man beside me, Darian, is minus 64. And me, I'm in the cellar, but only minus 65. Yeah, we're really close. And you know what? I looked, and I looked at the uh, points after Kansas. In the last two weeks, the whoever's in last has made up 23 points on the leaders, which means if you go at that rate, we could all be on top of each other when it comes to the championship. Hey, I like the sound of that. I I, I just still don't get how I actually lost a point in my distance because I had – Jared's cooking the books. Well, nope, nope. <laughs> you also had to blame the fact that Emp got the uh, Xfinity pick correct. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's right. No. That's right. Maniac. Yeah, that's right. Talladega I, offered a lot of mm-hmm. uh, shuffling. I think Jarrett's putting lead in my score. <laughs> <laughs> and you're still higher. And uh, <laughs> that, that make the, it, uh, the lead would make you sink in the score. And he's it's putting what is higher. it? Well, what else is he putting? The uh, the uh, the fish fillets or whatever. Yeah, there's, <laughs> yeah. there's, there's lead and fish fillets in my yeah. score. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get right into it. We have two races mm-hmm. to pick this uh, this weekend: the Xfinity race. We get the winner for that one. The suck pick for Cup, dark horse for Cup, and then the winner for Cup. Mm-hmm. Chat, play fair on this one. Eric, <laughs> play. Start off with the Xfinity pick. <laughs> this is a crucial week because I feel like the Roval and road course like this, you, you kind of know who's going to be good. You're like like some of these races, like when they go to Vegas, it feels like everyone's good at Las Vegas. Like it's kind of hard to pick. But this is a road course, last one of the year. This is my chance to get back. You know, I mean, I'm already within single distance, but I got to get like close to you guys, maybe even jump ahead of you guys so I can play defense the next few weeks. So uh, I'm going with a really safe pick. For my Xfinity win pick, uh, I'm going with James Davison. <laughs> That's right. Is it, was he from Australia? Where is he from? I think Rocky. he's from Australia. Or yeah, I think he's from Australia. Yeah, I like it. Let's do it. I was going to say something Australian, but I I did not want to do some break out something accidentally offensive. Karaki. <laughs> uh, Jared did it for me. <laughs> yep. Well, well. Chat's already riding far away from your pick. Chat's riding with me. I'm going to AJ Allmendinger on this one. Uh, for the last few years, he's made the Roval his personal playground, the Xfinity Series. And congrats on the contract. He'll, he'll celebrate for win. Yeah, I'm going to go the safe route to AJ Allmendinger as well. He'll win. Uh, yeah, Eric, you're on an island this weekend, buddy. You're either gonna what? get, you're either gonna make up a lot of points, or you're gonna lose a ton because I'm going. I, AJ I, as I feel well. like we've accidentally set up Eric for failure. Damn, James Davison. Do I need to remind y'all what he did in that I Racing Pro Invitational race two years ago? Remind you of AJ Allmendinger finishing top two in like the last twelve road yeah. course races. Do just because he's driving. you. Just because he's driving for Joe Gibbs, bro. I mean, he'll 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 definitely you, perform way better. But bunch I don't of know. arrogant, um, arrogant, clueless Americans here. James Davison, the Aussie, is gonna. For? He's Joe Gibbs Racing. He's in the eighteen this weekend. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh okay. Never mind. Oh, His car's Go not for... gonna fall apart on him. He's gonna have a fast pit crew. James okay. Davison. Uh, it's still gonna be AJ. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, and the chat agrees too. So we're all going with Almond and Xfinity. Y'all are gonna. <laughs> I'm loving this. This is that fun. I just I can't like wait. Is it cartoon. Saturday yet? I'm just. Well, ooh. Get us closer. Was, to, was, 
Get us 11% closer to chance Saturday. of rain, right? Yeah, 11%, 11%, 11%. Okay, let's jump that to like 70%. Then I'm feeling really good. And well, I'm feeling really good. How about this? Get us closer to Saturday. Give us your cup suck pick. I didn't really think that far ahead. I was really excited <laughs> about my James Davison pick. Uh, we'll go Harvick. <laughs> Not going to have his crew chief, most likely, unless they appeal, I guess. Oh, I'm going with the Robo's favorite rage quitter, Kyle Busch. Yes, the uh, typical suck pick on road courses, it seems. Bubba Wallace. There you go. Yeah, I'm going Kyle Busch as well. And chat. Uh, the chat. I don't think they've caught so, up yet. I, I, we went I, so fast, they're still I, talking about my I, excellent and very I, intelligent been, James I, Davison been, pick. I'm seeing some tan, and it's looking more like it's a tan. Yeah, it's Almirola. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, they're saying it's safe. Here they all come. It's Almirola. Yeah. Man, dude, IDK and and like his guys have scarred our chat. They have. They're never picking him again. All right, who's a dark horse this weekend, Eric? Can I pick Christopher Bell? Uh, Toyota's struggled at the road courses. He's been probably their best road course driver this season. Uh, he's 11th in the playoff standings. Needs a win. Uh, I don't think he wins, but I, I think he's going to make it interesting. I think he'll be in contention to to kind of worry some of the contenders so i'll go christopher bell as my dark horse okay 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 uh this is always my my underdog on road courses joey hand he's pretty solid even for rick Ware equipment so hey man this guy's been on a roll this season amazing season by the team standards man they they're on to something man they just got to find the right young driver to develop around and i think they have that in the truck series currently but right now this guy's currently um, um putting the team on his back uh michael mcdowell i think he'll have an mm-hmm. awesome weekend mcdowell supremacy baby that's my pick too he's gonna be it in the top 10 again looks like the chat is also going with you guys Chat seems to be pretty Dow. smart. They're leading the points yeah. overall. Yeah, right yeah. Even mm. even despite the Almirola chaos, they're mm. still leading. So that's good. I'm about to buy a All James right. Davison T-shirt for this weekend. I need it. <laughs> you, you can redeem yourself this next one for what is it, Darian? Yes, that's right. Who's gonna win? Yeah. <laughs> oh. You completely went. Oh. He's like, Ooh. who's gonna? Oh, I did. Okay. Yeah. Who's gonna win? Who's going to win at the Roval? <laughs> All right, Chad, I'm trying to read your mind. I went way out on a limb on my first pick. I'll be honest. I'm, I'm very confident. I have the utmost confidence in James Davison. But, yeah, that's a little out of, out of left field. I'm with you there. You guys probably didn't realize he was on the entry list. At no, first. I, I, I w- Well, I'm talking about the chat because I didn't yeah. know until this morning. I had to look it up. Um, but for the cup race, I'll go with the guy who's been there, done that. Pretty standard. I'll go Kyle Larson. I, I like that pick. I like that pick. His teammate's also pretty good, but I'm not going with him because I liked who you had as your underdog. I'm going with Christopher Bell to win this weekend. Ooh. All right, so I'm thinking, do I either go with, like, kind of a surprise pick or do I just go for the typical one? I'm like, you know what? I'm already so far back in points. I'm kind of trying to make up some spots. So I'm like, yeah, I'll just go the safer route. I think Chase Elliott, he's on a roll, and he'll uh, win at the Roval this weekend. I think Elliott's probably the best pick of the three that you guys have put out there so far, but he is not the best pick. He is the second best pick of the weekend. He's been second a couple of times this year to a certain man in the eight car. That is Tyler Reddick. Tyler Reddick is my pick. I was also thinking about him, but I think this is a good time for for Ryder Elliott or Bill. 
Yeah. So to go over it again, who did Eric pick again? I, I'm sorry. Kyle Larson. Larson. Okay, Larson. Okay. The chat, I think, is between Elliot or Larson. Yeah. Oh, there's a few new numbers starting to trickle in. There's two hey, chat. Hey, we, hey, chat. We had the same pick last weekend. It worked out for us pretty well. We gained some points. So you want to do it again? Poll so I can put another one out. Should I just put a poll between the nine and the five? I'm not sure. Uh, for it. I, I don't even think it's a question, though. Honestly, that's just me. Well, I'm sorry no, to see you some get, AJs, get, though. Oh, you got to put know. the nine in there because I don't want to. I'm not just going to give him Larson. That's the same pick as me. That doesn't make it interesting. I want to at least give him a chance to pick somebody else. Like See, definitively. I'm seeing a lot of repeats too. That's that's the big problem. That's making it harder for me. Mm-hmm. I I think it's going to end up being Larson. I think they're going to pick the same as you. But I'll put the poll there while we read super chats. That's fine. I'll put all my eggs in the in the James Davison <laughs> basket. I'm I'm not afraid. You, you do that. Yeah. Good luck. James. Davidson so, blows up on lap three. <laughs> I thought it was Davidson, like with an extra D for the longest time, but I See, got it right. Tonight. I'm not. I'm not gonna laugh at you because you know Darian Nosea blows up lap three and watch it's AJ that does. I'm. I, I've learned my lesson. Yeah. I don't hey, talk. Yeah. I don't talk Remember anything. the Daytona road course? I think it was with Cindric. What was he and Almendinger doing in stage one? They took each other out of that race. Yeah. yeah I'm. I'm not. Ty, I'm not talking Jack. Ty Gibbs' his first win was a Mickey win. Just saying, <laughs> just throwing it out there while I'm just saying things. Okay, now you're just trying to do stuff to make everyone at home uh, on your I'm side just, now. I'm just trying to distract the Woo! chat so they'll pick Elliot. Please tell me they're picking Elliot. Oh, Fuck my you. gosh. That's what I was saying. I, I I thought it was undoubtedly a nine. Oh, I thought you were wow. saying it was undoubtedly Yeah, Larson. I thought you were saying that. No, yeah. no it, was, it was undoubtedly nine is what I saw. Oh. Yeah. Well, I'm going right, to let, let, let it roll while uh, I read these super chats off here. <laughs> Uh, Andrew Meyer, thank you for the two. Maddie D's Talladega Redemption was long overdue. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's good. It, it is kind of ironic because that's also the same track he kind of like ended his Cup career. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, Alex, thank you for the two. Do you think the Wood Brothers regret letting Michael or uh, Matt DiBenedetto go? Uh, no, I don't think they do. No, not that, really. that Dex money made up for it. Uh, <laughs> Probably. Elite Precision Twenty Nine, thanks for the ten. I feel like if Talladega had a pit road wall, the NASCAR wouldn't have thrown the caution for Hemrick. Honestly, every track should have one. Good call by NASCAR, though. Better safe than sorry. Uh, he was already out of pit road at that point anyway. Ross Crash Stain, thank you for the five. With the NFL moving to Thursday Night Football exclusively to Amazon Prime, what are the odds that this happens in NASCAR's next TV deal? I think better than people will give it credit for, but not, not – over 50% likely. Like, it's still unlikely, but likely-ish. I don't know. I, I have a hard time explaining that. Media uh, will change a lot in the next three years. I don't know. Antar Das, thank you for the five. If you want some fantasy football advice, start Hawkinson. Tight end for the Lions, 40 points. I mean, I, I got the running back, and he's been pretty good. Uh, he's just giving this info out for free? Yeah. <laughs> Man, just well, start a podcast. I don't, I don't know if he's 4-0 like I am. There've got to be a billion fantasy football podcasts in existence, right? Mm-hmm. Like there just has to be There's millions of them. Like yeah. any anybody with a fantasy league has a podcast. You know that, right? Yeah. Got Real to, quick, oof. before I go on with these super chats and and while everyone's still here, I, w- I want to remind everyone that next Wednesday night on October twelfth at eight p.m. Eastern time, we're on Danny's channel, and you get you better watch that one. That's the last. We're getting into the part of the year where it's the last show on everybody's channel for the year. Aww. So you better watch it. Watch it. Come celebrate a James Davison victory with us. All right, the chat just yeah. the chat's yeah. not letting it go, so I can't let it go. 
Well, let's go. Let, let's uh, go to Jack Flynn, who left the two dollars super chat. Says Justin Haley's the goat. Colleague on top. Okay. All right. Miles Gurley, thank you for the five. Props to Gregson for stepping in for Bowman. Could this be what's to come? Nah, nah, he's gonna be in the forty-two he's, next it's year. It's a done deal. But will he be good in the forty-two? Are they suggesting maybe is he gonna uh, like, I, I think take the world by I, storm next year? I, I think that's the question they were asking. Not is he gonna take over to forty-eight? Uh, uh, I don't know. I, we'll see. It, I think it's gonna take him a little time to get used to the cup cars and not race scared. That's gonna be the. Uh, that's, yeah. that's gonna that's be possible. Anter Das, thank you for the two. Mike Joyce shushed DW. Yes, in the twenty ten Martinsville Spring Race. That's right. Uh, left turns matter for 10. Would you prefer electric or hydrogen? Uh, if we keep the combustion engine, I'll, I'll take hydrogen. Hydrogen. Uh, Tyler, thank you for the five. Where do y'all think Haley Deegan goes in 23 if DGR goes to Toyota as she is a Ford development driver? Love y'all. Keep up the good work. Thank uh, you. If she has a sponsorship, Xfinity. I think she'll end up maybe in that 07 full time. If, if the sponsorship and the support is there, yeah. What, don't they also run an 08 car sometimes? Uh, I think that's yes. the same one, yes. Yes. I, maybe a different, maybe it's a rebrand, but I wouldn't be shocked if it's there. I, I have, we haven't heard anything. I imagine Herbst is still going to be in the 98 yeah. more than likely. I so unless SHR is. adds another car, it's probably going to have to be an affiliate I mean, team. SHR has had two cars before, so I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Mm. Bring the double zero back. Yeah, she has the sponsorship money, though, Xfinity for sure. Yeah, because what are the other truck teams could she go to? What's another Ford team that's, like, competitive? Um, I don't know. Why can I not think of any off the top of my head? Yeah. Front row. <laughs> like, the 38 is about a DJ yeah. truck. Yeah. That's about it, yeah. Uh, I mean, Penske still track. holds the rights to the 22. If she, you know, that's four. Oh, and Xfinity? Yeah, bring, bring the... Uh, Bring if they bring monster money and some other money. I mean, maybe that'll work. Stays in the Ford tree. Yeah, I just want three. See three monster. Oh, Gibbs is going to be gone. Never mind. I was going to say I want to see three monster well, energy cars on track at once in Xfinity next year. I mean, he'll probably bushwhack from time to time. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Okay, yeah, the, yeah. my dream is still alive. It's, yeah, it's alive for five races a year. Well, let's keep yeah. going here to another five, and that's Chris Furrow leaving a five-dollar super chat, saying, "Glad that Jordan Anderson is back home. Most scared I've been watching a race since Newman's crash. I think I'd yeah. agree. Yeah, yeah I probably agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Oak, thanks for the ten, buddy. Uh, Brett Holmes was a hundred feet away from his piston cup. He was. <laughs> he did what in his cup? <laughs> Uh, left turns matter. Left a couple more. He'll have to twenty here. He says, "Is it Ooh. just me, or does White Castle not get enough love?" I don't. Then, I, I've had it. I don't really like it. Too and then I'm, no, he followed it up by, "I'm broke now for five. <laughs> oh no! Well, he gave how's he gonna afford his White Castle? I, I, I really hope he's kidding about that. Because if, if he's not, stop, stop donating. I don't yeah. think I've ever had. Is White Let's Castle a restaurant, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's not, I don't think it's all that great, but yeah. The people... strip had one when I lived in Vegas. Like they had one on the strip, and I'm like, oh, it was terrible. Hey, they made it, a that Kumar that, movie off of it. Yeah, it had to be. There, like it. there is White Castle here in Nashville area, so we could all go sometime. Yeah, let's no. see if it tastes better That's than good. in Vegas. <laughs> Marky Mark, thank you for the two. Howdy, y'all. Howdy, buddy. Uh, need oh. for speed 5353. Uh, your super chat just reset on me, so I'll be right to you for five. Uh, give all your money to spread the word of the Ty Dillon cult. And he has a, uh, he has a 42 as his 
profile. Hunter <laughs> Nixon Fishing, thanks for the 10. Late to the party, was at the race Sunday. Not the best Talladega race I've seen, but definitely not the worst. I, I can mm-hmm. I can live with that as, yeah. as a... Yeah. I, I, I was there at the 2018 race, and so nothing can be worse than that one, in my opinion. Yeah, that was that was that wasn't great. We we watched that at your house at one point, and then we we're like, wait, why are we watching this? Um, oh yeah, Miles Gurley, thank you for the two. Deacon supremacy. I feel like I've started a meme that could go in a very awkward uh, direction. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh baby, thank you for the five. Did you guys talk about how Rodney Childers tweeted that he? Uh, and you got work on your typing, buddy. Uh, that he and the teams are at fault for their tire failures. Yeah. We've talked about that before. Yeah. And he kind of said that he was also kind of not saying that he was saying that they always are going to push the issue no matter the year, the car, the tire. And so it's like, why is it an issue only now? And so I think he's still saying there's work that can be done on all sides. Yeah. Uh, Sly supersonic. Thank you for the five seventy six. Hey, fantastic four. Just dropping in booked at home from a double shift to catch the end of the nwp take care now oh, wow. thank you man that's thank awesome. you sir being yeah. here. That's so a cool. hard days of work and you want to end the day watching us i appreciate it we're thank glad you. to be a service uh <laughs> triple p productions thank you for the five going to both roval races this weekend first race in eight years but first i'll be entering a members uh race at the hall of fame friday morning nice, oh, nice. very cool Cool. Well, have fun. I've I, yeah, I've heard yeah. from Slapshoes. He's been there every year, and he says it's like one of the greatest in-person experiences you can mm-hmm. go to in NASCAR. And and trust me, he's been at so many different tracks. He's been to the mm-hmm. kink at Road America. Yeah, he'd know. Um, so have fun, buddy. Uh, Napa Racing Fan nine twenty seven. Thanks for the five. With DGR going to Toyota in twenty three and Deegan under Ford, who does she drive for in twenty three? It should be full time trucks, but I'm okay with part time Xfinity. I think we already talked about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Isaac, thanks for the five. Finished my schoolwork. Thank goodness I missed a lot, but glad I could catch the end at least. Also, McDowell supremacy over Davison. Um, <laughs> uh, sorry, real Eric. quick, because I know this won't this yeah, won't no, show up in your I super s- chat. I see it. it yeah. It. Uh, Spencer, thank you for being a member for 16 months. Says, hard to believe 2022 is almost over. And that actually yeah. covers it for the night. Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, nice. Wait. Well, thank you for the support. One more oh, from Miles. More. Uh, five for five. Oh, two more, actually. Uh, just wanted to say thank you, Eric, for taking time to do the meetup this past weekend at Dega. Loved getting the chance to talk racing with you. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, it was good. Thank you for coming. I did not expect it. If any of you are watching, I did not expect that many people to to show up right at the uh, start time, but it was glad we were able to get to everyone, talk a little bit, take some photos. It was a good time. I hope everyone who came out enjoyed it. Hopefully we'll get to do it at more tracks next year. Thanks, Jarrett, for uh, being there as well, because that was um, honestly when, I, when you, you, I told you afterwards, Jarrett, when we first got there and there were so many people, I was like a little overwhelmed. So I'm glad you were, we were able to kind of share the the duties a little bit. Um, but that no, I'm, I'm glad you I'm glad you enjoyed it, Miles. Thanks for coming out. And then one last one from Chris again for five. What track is highest on your bucket list? Uh, it's a Roval for me. Uh, for What would be for me? You guys go first if you have any. It's, that you think it's, well, it's, it's Darlington for me. I, I, I'd like to go to Darlington if I can, but unfortunately, every time I think about trying to go to it, there's something up of our schedule or the flights are ridiculous or the rental cars are ridiculous. Something is ridiculous when it comes to making this trip work. It was Talladega for me, but then I crossed that off last weekend. So I'd have to say it's Charlotte now. I, I got a good one. North Wilkesboro. 
Oh, oh yeah. Sure. I mean, yeah. this uh, race coming up, the all-star race is literally going to be a once in a 30 year kind of thing. So I, that's, that's a good one. one. Uh, off the top of my head, I'd say the Roval. I do want to see the Roval. This year it was between going to fall Dega or the Roval, you know, last week or this next week. And I chose Dega just made sense, but uh, I would like to do the Roval sooner rather than later. Uh, Oscar, thank you for the two. Feels like JGR is the alpine of NASCAR. Uh, and then left, <laughs> left turns matter. Thank you for the 10. Uh, I get paid tomorrow, so I'll uh, I'll live. You guys give me joy, so it's worth it. Well, I'm glad oh, that we Thank did. you. Well, thanks, man. Very kind Appreciate of you. It. That means a lot to hear. And that, that think that's a good spot to end off unless any others pop up. But uh, to reiterate I, what we said earlier, Danny is hosting next week link to his channel as well as all these guys channel is in the description down below if you're new here subscribe uh we do this every few weeks and uh on this channel we do this every week for the most part uh but next week on danny's channel wednesday night october 12th at 8 p.m eastern time we're gonna be going over everything from the roval and we're gonna be previewing las vegas and well, you might not see me and Darian after that because we might die in our marathon that weekend. So it might be the last show we're on. Who knows? That's how my yeah. perfect no. attendance No, weekend. your perfect attendance. No. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll, I'll be there to point and laugh at them as they're running. <laughs> and I'll be there to go. Last super chat from Bake the Snake for five. It's Roval times, my dude. Let's go. Yeah, it's time. All I'll right. put you on the spot, Jared, but do you have the perfect attendance? Uh plaque near you i think he has it hung up now yep, <laughs> yep. it's hung up it looks so good I, it's, I, yeah on on that subject did anything make it to you eric this weekend the big framed thing yes, yes. okay hold on hold the phone i'll be right back well i was uh, doing that here's uh here's my picture signed by Avenged sevenfold so that's cool we're just like right room, we're just right room tours right now some little kid out there is asking who's Avenged sevenfold <laughs> <laughs> Just, just whatever you do, be careful oh. what songs you find first. <laughs> a little oh, piece wow. of heaven is great, everybody. Yeah, that's I love nice. how. Sorry, I don't. Nice. I can't hear you guys, but I love how the frame. It's like the frame is not the right size. Yeah, <laughs> um, you, you'll you'll have to get a new frame. Sadly. Yeah, <laughs> this is so cool. A little print of that uh painting from the 2013 Bristol Night Race. Thanks, Danny, for picking this up for me, and thank you, Jared, for transporting it across state lines. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, guys. I think we we've we've kept these guys long enough. I think a few people need to go to bed. Wait, what do you say? We gotta oh, make sure yeah. Dale call in here. I need I need to go to the bathroom again. Oh. Gosh, we don't need to know yep. that, Darian. Yeah, why didn't you share that? <laughs> TMI. Yeah, my buddy. stomach's been hurting all TMI. day, bro. Dude, we got five okay. episodes left after this, and you're giving you're giving them that to leave off a week on. Come on, man. Yeah. Hey, at least it's been worse. Be close with them. Yeah, the viewers close. are basically our best friends. We're, we're like really toxic and parasocial <laughs> in that respect. It's really great. All right, this is but going yeah. off the rails. Outro is rolling. Bye. Bring it green. Holy moly. Take off. Yeah. This guy. Thank you. Woo! Hell yeah. Great job, man. Buddy, let her rip. Rain like hell, baby, come on. Oh, my God, guys. Yes, yes. Unbelievable. You guys are the best. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, what a year.
Eric Estep here. This episode is brought to you by Forney Industries. Get it done with green. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. For do-it-yourselfers all the way to professional metalworkers, Forney has everything you need for your next project. Shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at forneyind.com. That's Forney, F-O-R-N-E-Y, ind, I-N-D.com, or at an authorized Forney dealer near you.